0: Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Ah! Oh! <laughs> oh,
1: what the fuck? <laughs> oh, damn
0: it! How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Dr. That Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. I'm Edward. I don't know if you're going to leave it in, but this asshole fucking
1: scared me at the drop of the intro, and my heart is now palpitating.
0: (laughs) Radness. So, I don't know what's good, dog? Um... Well, oh, we've uh, already caught up ourselves. Why the fuck do I even say that? It's just a natural it's a natural flow. It's like, you no know people, how are you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, my brother's birthday was on Thursday, but on Friday. Did he rage hard or was he pretty tame? He's still raging hard. He's just out there with his girlfriend right now. Like Well um, like how hard is he raging? Well, I mean, a lot of alcohol. That's as far that's as
0: hard as my family goes. <laughs> like, are you talking about VH one household alcohol levels or?
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned VH1 because VH1 because you know like VHS would like tapes because you see on Friday, um, my brother had this plan. You know the Galaxy Theaters over there in the town over. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it like going to be sold, but now it's like opening
0: up again. Yeah, actually, ironically, their first day back open was Friday
1: yesterday Which and dope
0: because um, isn't that like stuff's like yeah like kind of slowing down and then freaking under the biden administration we actually feel like we're actually getting vaccines and shit now a little bit i think i'm it's, it's hard to keep track there's so much stuff to keep track of there's a lot yeah, to. say yeah he keep rented out of. a
1: theater of the vip room and uh we yeah, that theater has a fucking vip room they have a vip room they got a full bar they sell chicken strips now are pretty good
0: yo did they just like upgrade a theater no the they've been there period? for a
1: long time
0: but the VIP bro bruh I bro. Mean, it's not different than a regular bro. theater the the
1: the caveat of it is dude is, it's
0: um, dude it's way different than a regular theater because it's like a fucking random like mom and pop theater it's yeah. so different so um
1: uh the caveat is you have to supply your own movie and so we watched a movie that could be considered I guess a classic now uh, the first Michael Bay's Transformers from 2007. Wait, what? Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox. Wait, and why are you Park. saying this is
0: a classic? You're scaring me. What's I'm going not, on? I don't know.
1: I don't think it's actually a classic, but it is 14 years old, which is really fucking
0: nutty. That's that's fuck. That's fucking actually pretty crazy. Cause yeah. I literally was just the other day watching a video of someone going in like a deep, like friggin' um. A video essay on YouTube on Shia LaBeouf's acting career and stuff. Yeah. Because after he made all his fucking money and shit with Transformers and all that stuff, he kind of just went AWOL and stuff. Like, some people blacklisted him, but he was just on this, I don't give a fuck anymore kind of mood. Yeah, and then he I'm was- i going to do my own shit. Then he was in Nymphomaniac. Yeah, he did Nymphomaniac, but now he's, like, kind of just do doing know, his own he, movies and shit. Do you shit. know how he
1: auditioned for that movie? How did he audition for that movie? He sent the director- a picture of, of his, his cock? No, he sent, his, he sent the director a video of him and his wife having sex. He made a sex tape and sent it to the director.
0: Uh, that's,
1: that's believable. <laughs> just do it, right?
0: Dude, just but just yeah, it was cool, it.
1: and I'm not going to lie. After After that happened, I'm like, you know what? Transformers are kind of fucking rad. So I remember. You know, I mean, I always like. Well, Transformers, it's like the first
0: one I remember being alright for the most part. No,
1: no, not the Michael Bay ones. I mean, just in general. Oh yeah, like no, the Transformers franchise. in
0: general is always fucking rule. So, real, I, so but I've been walk- Michael Bay was just a little like a wacky explosion fest. Yeah. My name is Optimus Prime.
1: <laughs> That's my Optimus impression. But yeah, no, uh, so now I'm kind of, you know, getting back into Transformers, and holy fuck, I always forget how much Transformers shit there is. There's
0: a lot, a lot, a lot There's of Transformers There's so much shit. Transformers shit, oh my God. Oh, bro, fuck, you do not even know. Well, you do know, because you've been looking at it, but bro. We
1: have to get the AllSpark and save the wo- planet Earth.
0: All right, to all the listeners, this might not partake to, like, you might not care too much, but hey, there's timestamps in the beginning, so you could always just skip forward ahead, dude. Bro, my dog. Everyone
1: likes Transformers. Yo,
0: dude, you remember fucking Mr. Bueno from our high school? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, did you? I don't know if you saw in the news and shit, but he had to freaking like get resigned because he like supposedly was he mishandled like school funds like forty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> what yo dude this is a fucking new shit yeah no, freaking he he got fucking booted and fired and shit supposedly yeah he did something where he missed was misusing school funds or something i haven't re- researched it but my girlfriend did and it was like i was like who was your auto teacher and i'm like mr blackheader but he basically left when i got when i when i exit out of school and that's and what stuff. i heard yeah and then like i remember mr braino became like the auto teacher i'm like he's no fucking blackheader i don't know what fucking I don't know how, like, knowledgeable Bueno is. Like, yeah, he's got a big, goofy fucking penis compensation truck... (laughs) Like God, dude! Like I was hoping you'd say that. One of the funniest things dude, this guy ever said a to me, fucking dude, it's a mall crawler. If there's ever been a mall crawler, one of the
1: funniest things this guy's ever said to me was when we were in high school, and he and that Bueno dude showed up with a big ass white truck, and then James just like God, just penis compensation to the maximum degree.
0: Yeah, yeah and I guess fucking <laughs> something where he's like misusing school funds now. Of Isn't that just Whatever, bro. I just know it's like I'm sitting. It's like, wait, where would it go? Still- did it go to his truck. The fuck, maybe, bro. <laughs> I just remember I told Karen. It's like, yeah, I just, yeah, I remember him. He was like, he wasn't the auto teacher. He kind of was just like, I guess like some dude just walked around the school and shit. Like, what? Yeah, what did he even do? He kind of just like, I don't know, we can play like pseudo security guard, but not really. He kind of just like just chill, walk around, pay attention. Like if like kids are being fucking idiots and stuff. Then I became the auto teacher after like because like here's the thing, like the auto shop closed down when I graduated, but eventually they opened it up and by opening it up, they, sw- they moved it to the like to the school bus repair shop and stuff. So they actually had way, way, way nicer equipment than the fucking rickshaw operation we had and stuff which I'm like bro super jelly but what else and stuff and I hear he became a teacher I'm like what fucking credentials dog but honestly I don't care but like him getting like a bezel bro fuck yeah no but this is a guy fuck dude that's penis compensation <laughs> truck bro like he's the guy that has a sticker that says sorry it's like he like my trucks lifted bro so that fat because fat bitches can't jump or something like that (laughs) oh my god did he actually have that no but that's just his
1: kind of personality i'm just saying that was just the vibes that he just protruded Oh, God, totally. I never once had any class or anything to do with him, but it just sounded like he was just a piece of crap.
0: He didn't even teach when we were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just fucking talked around like Romulus. He's kind of what Romulus was. Yeah, yeah. Remember Romulus? I remember Romulus. Yeah, he was just a big, beefy, like, black dude that was full of, like, energy and charisma and stuff. Yeah, everybody loved him. Yeah. But Bueno, I I was like, whatever's on Bueno, but he just kind of existed. Should we be like, um...
1: Should we... Be, I wanted to ask you a question about our podcast. So one of my favorite podcasts is called Castle Super Beast. I think i have talked to you about them. They yeah, have, like, I've seen <laughs> Castle Super Beast being, like, advertised for me on Spoof What up? They have, like, four-hour podcasts. Do you think?
0: Well, we here's the thing. The... They're playing an RP-fucking-G. We're not. Plus, <laughs> I gotta do shit, bro. No, they're not playing an RPG. That's just their name.
1: But, yeah, no. Wait, what is their podcast, then? Um... Well, you see, I thought that was the RPG well, no. podcast where it's like no, just that's li- like Adventure Zone, all right. What, the dungeon. D- uh, so well, all Well, the Super beast? they're they're two they're two uh, old school internet guys that have been around since like 2010 or whatever. The one of the guy, the co-host Pat, is from a, a, de- a once upon a time great and beloved YouTube channel called. Um, called uh super best friends play. They had a show on Machinima even called two best friends play. And they were really popular for a long time. And then eventually the other host, the main host, you could say a guy named Wooly. He, um, he joined on and stuff. And then, yeah, they were a big thing. Well, the channel came to an end in 2018 in December. So, and they had a podcast. So castle super beast is just a continuation on that. They meet up, they talk about games in their weeks and, uh, gaming news. But, you know, it's just, um, I don't know, it, it's just fun. It's just funny. I like listening to them. Hey, I'm sure if they're I, like. I've been listening to these guys. I've been listening and watching these guys play games for a really long
0: time. Hey, I'm just saying, if they're fucking cool, like, that's so no, much the chills, but. They are. Man, I don't know if you want to hear us talk about fucking dudes with penis compensation oh, trucks They take. Shit. They
1: take, like, I don't know if it's on purpose. They take, like, one or two hours sometimes just to, like, finish talking about, like, just initial things or their weeks or whatever before they even get into the news. Oh, it's great. It's just, it's just, it's it's like some of the best background noise you could ask for. They were having a really funny conversation about, um, and I forgot wanted to bring this up to you because I think you'd find it funny. They were talking about like Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon specifically. Um, so they hate Charizard, right? They think he's lame. No. But what? And, and they remembered. Why well, do
0: they think Charizard is lame? Charizard sick as
1: fuck. Because they think Blast Toys and Ivysaur have cooler designs as as for the starter
0: Pokemons. I don't know. Well, Blastoise is cool because he got fucking cannons on his back. (laughs) But, like, when was a fucking flying dragon? Well, that's just it. They find, like, he's a little too
1: basic or whatever. But the point is, is that... Oh, Ivysaur was weird. (laughs) They were talking about how, um, how do you say, um... A lot. Uh, uh They were talking about this one episode where people were pissed at because there was a fight that Charizard like totally should have won, but he didn't, or whatever, right? So then, so then Wooly brought up Yu-Gi-Oh, and Pat's like, "I don't watch Yu-Gi-Oh, but I know a lot of people that that get mad at the various Yu-Gi-Oh animes because they do shit in the shows that doesn't actually work with the card games." And they just talked about that for a bit. I thought it was really funny. Well, just like wrong. moves and stuff they do.
0: Yeah, I know, but that's the purpose of the anime, not for the fucking like real life card game. <laughs> the purpose exactly. of the anime is to make you, is try to make you buy their fucking cards. Oh, and it shit. made me buy their fucking cards. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, so let me grab the timestamp right here. Yeah. and stuff. We're gonna start with Attack on Titan here, tonight. like usual. To anyone that's been following along and listening, so yeah, my dude, we're back today with episode twelve of the final season of Attack on Titan.
1: Apparently, the only for the final season, there's still so much they gotta do in four episodes, but we'll see.
0: I'm telling you, like you and me are disgusted. I have a feeling they're gonna like cut out like stuff that was in the manga and the OVAs yeah. and shit, and we're just getting the meat and meat, the meat, 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 and potatoes. Oh, there's we so might much not even meat. We're
1: getting potatoes, dude. Yeah, we're, it's just meat. We're just getting meat no bone even just pure flesh dude fuck
0: so so tell me how the meat goes so the
1: meat opens up with uh Armin going to touch Crystal Annie like he's just standing there for a bit and then he's just like about to like you know lay a hand gently upon her but then that one character yeah, Hitch, it, catches him there's
0: just like I just wrote down some random lady guard I only She's just there yeah because it's like cuz I feel like the past couple episodes we've been having a lot of just Armin just chilling Talking to Annie, maybe it has been a couple days. It's just been going back and forth, or for the most part, like the past couple episodes, yeah, he's been kind of just chilling, stationary, like talk about his feelings with Annie's and shit with Annie's like crystallized fucking form and stuff. But yeah, no, he rides about to touch it. We just got some freaking garlic tea. I was like, hey, what are you doing? You can't be touched, nah. <laughs> yeah, and then it's funny because Hitch, Hitch mentions to Armin.
1: He's like, uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, don't worry, I talked to Annie too." And then it's fine. She like looks at Annie and Crystal, and then she according to the subs, she asks the question, "All you do is sleep. Why are you so popular?" <laughs> That's what a lot of people ask about Annie
0: yeah well she is you she's know, a very
1: beloved character for popular character but if you look at the manga she dips she gets crystallized like a third into it she doesn't even make she's she doesn't even make it to the halfway point at all she it's like a third into the manga she
0: fuck dude we got even with crystal. the fucking anime dude she was like crystallized since season one season one yep yeah, so fuck it, she's just been chilling there, but you know, she's like, you know, not from there, was a free, an agent uh-huh. comes in, has the ability to use her, like transform into a titan, I don't know, there's a lot going on with her. She even got There's a, a, a lot off. going
1: on being developed in the world. Yeah, we were talking about the spinoffs earlier. She she even got a spinoff. The only other person to get a spinoff is whoever before the fall focused on. I can't remember. And then fucking Levy.
0: Like, is there a spinoff mostly of her time in Marley, or is it? I the,
1: think it's a bit about her past mostly and how she. I, I can't remember, so don't quote me on this. I so want say This had say to
0: be before. This is this had to happen it's after. It's before season one. I'm very certain. Wait, I'm pretty sure. Well, in like timeline or in timeline like, when, when like this OVA dropped. No, no, no. Um, did her ov happen? Any af- spinoff? Yeah, any spinoff? When did did any spinoff happen after season three? Or was it season two?
1: Well, they. I think they only did it in the manga. I think they made that around the time season two was out. But I don't. Again, don't quote me on that. Okay, so then So then, after the theme song, Hitch gives Armin a newspaper that's basically saying, hey, you know what? People aren't trusting the military right now. They think they're a bunch of babies for imprisoning Aaron. Yeah, dude, our freaking
0: sexy six pack god and savior, Aaron. The sexy six pack savior. Yeah, no, like, why are you locking him up, dude? He's our hope for us, like, Eldian people, bro, because people are going to come in full massacre and uh-huh. stuff. How dare you detain old Aaron? Like, yeah, like, he's, like, total sketch, but we don't think he's sketch. Why are you, like, holding up our sexy savior? In fact, there's a protest rally in front of the military building
1: crying, free Aaron." Mikasa then shows up, and then they, like, see the
0: new recruits, and then I was confused. Well, the- here's the thing, it's like... It was like, yeah, Armin and Mikasa, yeah, Mikasa shows up and Armin and, and Mikasa want to go talk to the freaking, like, that one fucking guy, the freaking, fr- the premier, the Zachary, the premier Zachary. Yeah, who I, who and like, they're just chilling and they're speak. sitting, I was like, hey, we got some, I was like, who are these random scout troopers that are hanging outside? Mm-hmm. Ah, whatever, we gotta go talk to this guy about Aaron and shit.
1: Yeah, so then we get a flashback to the blonde lady who they said her name, but I can't remember it right now. Yelena? Yelena, okay. Yeah, it's just like Yelena and the friggin' like was it, Pixit? Yeah, like, Yelena's talking to Pixit's about meeting Aaron. And then I wrote yeah, here Yeah, or just
0: her just like Full on simping for fucking Aaron. That's bro. what I was gonna say. Elena basically
1: wants Aaron Senpai to notice him, and the reason I say that is because he's trying to ask her her motivations, and then you know she usually keeps up this like really calm, cool demeanor, but then she like gets all aggro. She's like, "I wanted Aaron to notice me," and then she like recomposes herself and whatever, and it's just like, okay, so you literally wanted? Because he's like, is it because he's gonna save you or whatever? Is it because you believe in him? Is because you want to follow him? And she literally is just like, "I wanted him to notice me.
0: I just want." Sen- i to notice me. That's literally what Yo, that dude, shit was. So, simp one for Aaron. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. And then at some point, Pixis is um has a lady come out with a journal and she wants to document everything uh, Yelena and Aaron said to each other. Then we cue to Big O because I can't remember his name, but it's the black dude.
0: Oh, freaking Onya Capon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's talking to Hange. And like he's just sitters like, dude. Well, it's like, what's kind of going on? We kind of help like develop your society, but why am I being detained? And just Han- I just remember Hodge just has a breakdown. I was like, bro, life is really, really hard right now. I am <laughs> trying my best. <laughs> That's literally what happened. She is literally. Yeah, I know. Freaking Hodge just there is like I am trying my best. I, I don't want like to Dave- lock you up, but it's like I am really having a hard time. She sounded right like now.
1: spoiler alert. She sounded like Daisy in the in the episode. Yeah,
0: but like. Hans is dealing with a freaking like uprising of a nation. <laughs> yeah. Daisy's just having a hard time dealing with some freaking dudes becoming a little aggro because uh, like just like Yelena, it's like Daisy, notice me senpai. <laughs> we're so, having there's a lot of notice me senpai issues going on in this specific episode of the Doctor Death Danger radio show. <laughs> and the material re recorded, nothing, nothing with us. I don't yeah, think yeah, we're yeah. having notice me senpai issues. I don't I, I not yeah. with me. Not, uh, with, I don't, not
1: with me. Okay, I think we're good. So... Onya Kapan isn't stoked because like you said, he's like, bro, the military doesn't trust us after all the shit we did. That kind of sucks. And then Hanji inquires a bit about Yelena and, and and Onya Kapan gives some background on her, specifically how she killed a bunch of doubters to the
0: cause and like, called them
1: accidental deaths.
0: Well, it's like we have accidental deaths, but honestly, these almost seem like Yelena could just be murdering peeps. And then Hanji's like, that's,
1: huh, that's odd because over here, she was a super duper human rights activist.
0: Yeah, but, like, Onya Kapal said, and like, dude, she, <laughs> she might be a little wild.
1: So they go out to do something. Meanwhile, Armin and Mikasa are chilling with the old dude who I keep thinking is fucking Zeke for some reason. Yeah, And he's like, can't let you meet him. Yeah, the premiere
0: is Zachary.
1: Yeah, and he's like, can't let you meet him, Star Fox. We know for sure he talked to those volunteers, and he's been quiet as fuck. Also, Zeke's probably mind-controlling
0: him, LMAO. Might be mind-controlling him or possibly manipulating. Yeah. Armin, Mikasa, I'm just going to tell you right now, Aaron's kind of sketch. Yes. And I think, didn't they like start like talking to him? It's like, well, it's like, well, you're going to try to like get like, try to like set up a new found someone to eat Aaron. So you, you <laughs> can like get the founder time away from him. It's like, maybe so. I just know that. Ar- I think meetings adjourned. Yeah. I just know
1: Aaron and Mikasa are pretty fucking destroyed about it. I mean, Armin. That's what what I say. You said Aaron. Fuck.
0: Armin. Aaron's pretty not, destroyed, though, if you think about it.
1: Like, oh. mentally, he's pretty
0: fucked. Dude, freaking. Yeah, no. Aaron's off in outer space now. <laughs> but, um. I'm this is not say, even our Aaron anymore, dude. This is some freaking is genocidal, a- freaking se- sexy savior guy.
1: Yeah, this is Eric and Jaeger Walker.
0: Basically. The fucking
1: the fucking meme. So um yeah, so yeah, they're destroyed about it and they're pretty much they're like, fuck man, I think the military's given up on Aaron. And then this next bit happened really I wrote this in real time because this was my reaction. Mikasa and Armin leave and some peeps walk in. Armin and Mikasa go to Eavesdrop on oh shit, never mind. The fucking building blew up. Oh fuck. The old dude's blown up in half now.
0: Yeah. Sick. And his top part of his fucking corpse just flew right at the gate with <laughs> the protesters. Yeah, that was that and was And the protesters brutal. are all hyped up now. I was like, dude. They fucking peeps are listening to us. That's right. Yeah, they're ra- in our sexy savior and you guys are all fucking around. You're gonna get it. You can see fucking old homeboy here who's yeah. charred and like split in half by a bomb. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the rally becomes a
1: township rebellion and then they just blast rage against the machine and they just start shouting, Dedicate your heart over and over again and it's like, Oh fuck, bro, viva la revolution. Yeah, viva la revolution for our sexy genocidal savior. So in a boardroom, peeps are discussing Zach's demise and Armin drops the fact that we're like, bro,
0: I think it was the survey core. And then they're like, or at least peeps in the Survey Corps, because when we were walking there, we saw some Survey Corps scout troops yeah. kind of there. And at first was like, well, what's up with these dudes? But we're like, whatevs. Yeah. We wanted to see if we can get an audience with Aaron. Then it uh, then it cuts to Aaron meeting up with
1: some revolutionary. Yeah,
0: no, because they're all sitting and talking. <laughs> and then news breaks like, oh, hey, Aaron escaped, you guys. Yeah, we didn't even see it. Yeah, it just I was a ha- little
1: bummed we didn't see it. Does it
0: happen? Do you see it in the manga? I don't remember. But it would have been cool to see. Whatever, they're all just chilling, and literally they just get news. Oh, hey, Aaron escaped now. Oh, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) And Aaron meets up with some revolutionaries. Like the most, I guess the most notable thing about the whole episode is just Aaron's popping up to meet the revolution. And then I wrote here,
1: oh shit, it's that shot of buff, sexy Aaron from the trailers he puts on his jacket. And that's sort of the meme of the week this week. Uh, Just people just getting fucking thirsty over that. People were thirsty, but people were also nitpicky because they were like, oh, it doesn't look like how it did in the trailer. And oh, it doesn't look how it did in the manga. And I'm
0: just like. The f- who fucking cares? Uh, all dudes, thirsty peeps that, that want to see six sexy saviors, genocidal six
1: pack. Oh, God. So, yeah. Th- so then Aaron's just like, find Zeke. The military talk about. We the- need to
0: find Zeke. Yeah. Right, it's like, Aaron, what's our next thing? It's like, we need to find homeboy Zeke. So then the military are talking about the
1: Jaegerists. That's what his followers are called now. Basically. And they're like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, Hanji. Um, and they're still like, having just going, I'm having a bad day. You yeah. Guys. They're just like, yeah. So Hanji, uh, most of the survey core is kind of in Aaron's pocket. What are we going to do, bro? You, should, it's like, you should resign. Well, what's going to go on? it's like, and it's like, you know what I'm going to take any punishment <laughs> yeah they're just like you know what bro you should resign any one of you in this room could be in league with Aaron and Hanji's like that's stupid then Pixis comes in and he's like hey shut the hell up Hanji how many people know where Zeke is and Hanji's like Levy and a few others and Pixis is like okay well uh so no matter what we do people are gonna die so like we're gonna negotiate with Aaron see let's, what happens yeah
0: let's just let's think about this guys like <laughs> what, what are we gonna do how are we gonna find these peeps and he just comes in. It's like, guys, let's think about this. And s- I don't want people dying. So let's just surrender. Yeah. But one thing we do know is that we do have Zeke in our custody and badass Levy there just in case. So then, so let's just have him and see if we can meet up with Darren and see if cooler heads can prevail, guys. But other than that, yeah. let's not go on like a witch hunt right so now. So then everyone- That's like the worst thing we can do right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then everyone in the boardroom is like, what the fuck is this submission bullshit? And Pixis is like, no, it's negotiation yes so then so so everyone, like, <laughs> you
0: guys like killing people but I don't like killing people all so right, come on so
1: everyone leaves the room pretty much except for Mikasa so the Japanese ambassador was in there the, the whole time Az- Azumabito yeah Azumagodayo uh, Azuma Azumagodayo she's Azuma like Bido. she goes one of
0: Mikasa's simps
1: yeah she goes to Mikasa and she's like bro shit
0: gets dicey split out of here and Mikasa's hey, like you can hang <laughs> with me yeah come, come hang out with us just come with us you and don't then... want to hang out with this uh, <laughs> Well, this freaking madness, come on. <laughs> Hang out with us. We want you. And you're one of us. And, My like ass kicking
1: waifu. Come on. And Makasa's like, bro, I was born here and I'm gonna fight here till the bitter end. Plus, isn't this shit just for economic reasons? She's yeah, like Yeah, she
0: just There's like, and here's the thing, is like, aren't you just wanting our like resources anyway? Like it doesn't matter if the rumbling happens. You're just gonna chill and like let the rumbling happen and yeah. then just come and dig. And
1: that's funny because she I'm paraphrasing, but she gets real with Mikasa and she's basically like, Look, man, I made a lot of investments and we've always been able to adapt to shit and the times and it's made us look like penny pinching thieves but you know what your mom gave you a super important legacy and i'm going to protect you no matter
0: what happens to this nation so if anything happens the freaking flying boats here if you need you, like come to my flying boat if you like if like shit hits the fan we're here for you my ass kicking waifu <laughs>
1: So Connie and Mikasa meet at some horses with Armin and Hanji and they're all talking about whether they should trust Aaron and Zeke. Hanji's like, "No, LOL. We got to figure out what Zeke is up to." Then Hanji's like, "There's some places that Yelena looked at that are weird,
0: like that restaurant." And then we cut to Well, the- like she like, "Yeah, because freaking Hanji's just sitting there's like, "Here's the thing about all the Marlin and volunteers and stuff that we got going on. They're kind of hanging around. We have them set up in many weird places, like restaurants, like the port and stuff just all these like places that honestly could be weird but also vital like yeah. places we wouldn't suspect something being set up honestly they could have been thinking and playing 40 chess with us for a very long time <laughs> so right now we're having a hard time just catching up so
1: so then we cut to the blouse family with gabby and falco going to a restaurant and the episode like in. all
0: the fucking blouse like orphans are just super stoked because they're in yeah. this fucking Five star dining freaking bitching setup or like Gabby and Falco are still just like, dude we don't want to be here. Life sucks right now. Like Falco doesn't
1: mind being there, but Gabby doesn't
0: want to be like there. literally. It's like, dude, life like there's so on life sucks where everyone else is like, dude, we get to fucking have like a sick meal right now. Yeah. Bruh. And then, uh, and then the, the good guys come riding in on horses. And then I wrote,
1: Oh shit, girl, black hair, girl on a coat. And then the episode ends.
0: Yeah. Basically we just see like all the peeps that we know, Han, Jarman, Mikasa, John, ass kicking, Connie, Mikasa. Yeah. The, ass kicking away from the they're all mobbing by and stuff it was we got like this earlier couples go like Whoa. these fucking scout troopers they're always fucking up running running around <laughs> yeah. in a mess in, in a muck and stuff these guys ugh. and then yeah there's this peck right there. It's like oh shit dude shit might be getting fucking down next episode it sounds like it yeah or at least it should be there's like four more episodes there's four left.
1: episodes left you guys
0: we got four more episodes left and yeah that was the episode uh it was interesting Hey, dude! It's not just, much happened except that dude dying in an or air. It's fucking escaping build, off screen. It's all it knows is building up to the fucking escalation, bro. You when know, shit gets fucking super duper, super like, wild, super wild. It's just building up. The wildness is about to come. So be prepared. It's yeah, it's gonna be gnarly. At least I'm certain it is. All right, so let me tell you a show whose pacing wasn't as good as this uh, show. (laughs) Oh, Wandavision! What happened to a Wandavision? On uh, the season finale. Oh yeah. Series finale. How do I put this? How do I say what show they this? What sitcom did they decide to rip off this time? But James. They didn't rip off a sitcom what are you talking about paying homage yeah they're paying the homage to basically having nothing but dragon ball z style fucking battles bro <laughs> <laughs> bro i'm just gonna tell you right now fucking scarlet witch and agatha harkness were literally just flying around shooting fucking like key balls at each other and vision and then the fucking reanimated corpse of vision decided to flo- fly around and shoot beams out of their head Bro, this was a fucking Dragon Ball Z battle. This that sounds episode. like a fucking Dragon Ball Z fight. I literally was just sitting there, just chill a no, watch was this an episode where like, like Kevin Smith was just sitting there, and was like this was like the most beautiful thing? I am like crying like a baby at the end of this episode. It's like, it's like there were some feels to tear jerkers. of like you really, really give a fuck, I didn't give a fuck as much, so I do apologize. If you feel like you're, I'm stampling on your feelings, people, I'm trying not to. I'm just saying, it's like I just decided to watch a show with. At the same time I'm watching another show and just like my disgust in the pacing is very shown and stuff. But like also the hype and everything is like also disgust me, so that's why I'm also like very like not kind to the show. But at this point, the last episode just felt like I was watching a fucking the Scarlet Witch movie. The whatever. And yeah, no, there's just a lot I, there's a lot of just DBZ fucking battles and eventually like, yeah, Scarlet Witch is like Able to learn a fucking trick from like a couple episode, like last episode or so, where freaking she wasn't able to use her magic, so she set up a fucking like runes to like hold up Agatha's magic, which her magic's able to suck up like freaking Wanda's magic and shit. But eventually, Wanda the, like unlocks like her power powers, which she kind of like. I guess go Super Saiyan, because now she's wearing a Scarlet Witch fucking shit with the fucking pointy crown and everything. Oh my god, it's the classic outfit, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the classic outfit, but now the update for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh... Which, yeah, it's fucking sad that she has to give up her fucking town and, like, give up her fucking made-up kids and made-up Vision and shit, but whatever. And I also said, yeah, they, like, have a fucking... Vision's corpse got, re- got like, set up again to be, like, a fucking killing machine, but, yeah, freaking made-up Vision and freaking Vision's, like, reanimated corpse were, like, fighting each other. But then they started philosophizing and stuff. And, like, freaking made-up Vision was able to unlock memories of past Vision set up because he's still kind of machine. So, they're going off the thing of, like, memory and data or whatever. So, he decided to stop fighting. And I guess now he's off on a freaking self... A self-reflection journey, but just kind of ends up where I guess like they kind of tease when we might be the next big baddie or whatever, some magical shit. So I'm feeling that's where the MCU's going, but whatever. Yeah, no, freaking Scarlet Witch is now pretty freaking OP as a character. And now she's off to go like at the end the episode. Her character's now is like, okay, magic exists in the world. I'm going to go read magic and figure out what the fuck's the Scarlet Witch since I've been called this shit the whole entire time. But yeah, episodes basically, there's a DBZ battle and then Wanda decides to stop fucking doing shit and like decide to go hang out in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and like get set for whatever. Yeah. Like literally, I'm sure this would be fine if it was all just a, like a freaking Scarlet Witch movie and stuff. And it's a good attempt to do like a freaking episode by episode show. I just thought the sitcom gimmick was kind of just whatevs, but whatever. It's all right. Just don't watch with Attack on Titan. Because then the show's kind of trash. Game-changing. Yeah, total game-changer, guys. While we're sitting here, it's like, yeah, another episode of Attack on Titan where it's, like, just more build-up, bro. We're getting, like, all these characters, like, shit's fucking, like, building up. Nothing's happening yet, but it's like, when it happens, it's gonna happen. It's gonna feel meaningful, so. Yeah. Yeah, don't watch a show like Attack on Titan whose pacing's way more killer than fucking WandaVision. So, yeah, but <laughs> WandaVision's still an art show. Yeah. I don't feel like it fucking, like... I don't feel like it's like a, like it threatens or like hurts the like MCU and stuff. It's like done well. It's like, it's entertaining enough. The action's pretty legit. Still feels like it's, they actually put in the quality of a movie, but like spread it out in a TV series and stuff. And yeah. And like freaking Wanda is a character to actually get behind and give a fuck about for the most part. She like, like you can get like, you can give a fuck about her and she's pretty OP and can do DBZ battles. So yeah.
1: I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just I'm just laughing at the at the Dragon Ball aspect sounding from what you're saying really blatant. It's just really funny.
0: Yeah, like, sorry, I'm like saying, like, yeah, dog, like, literally, it's like, hey, what sitcom did they set to rip off this time? Well, not really, they decided to have a fucking Dragon Ball Z battle, bro. Like, literally, full on. I there might even be, dude, there was a beam struggle, too. <laughs> Yo, people were flying around shooting fucking beams at each other, or like, freaking key balls, bro. That's literally what this fucking episode was. Did anyone
1: do anything close to a Kamehameha?
0: Oh no! Well, not in a fucking beam form, but I think freaking like Scarlet Witch put her like our hands together, like it so could get like put her palms together and might have like did some fucking shit. But bro, I might just show you this episode just to show you how much of a fucking beam battle it was. Fuck, I'm gonna pause the like podcast real quick so you could see the nonsense.
1: Oh, okay, we'll be. All, all right, back. we'll be back. Oh, that's right. That is
0: how they did it. They had the jewels on it. Yeah, so do you believe me now? Yeah, that was pretty fucking Dragon Ball. Holy I'm gonna say, shit. Like, yeah, no, even fucking Agatha Harkness went full fucking Android 19 and was just sucking up her fucking power and shit like Goku and stuff before, like, you know, Vegeta comes up and freaking yeets, like, Android 19's head off, off its fucking body. So, yeah. Let's begin get to timestamp going, bro. Unless there's anything else you want to add on for or Attack on Titan
1: man i hope that finale is
0: good because
1: they got a lot to do i know we keep saying
0: it but it's true yeah no so yeah freaking let me just get uh you know bros just yo start the shit off i get the time stamp what we've listened to this week okay so as you all know we have been
1: listening to iced earth but last week and honestly it's been kind of boring <laughs> So last week we were like, James was like, you know what? I got an idea, bro. You remember that geek Rob Flynn? I'm like, oh yeah, the machine head guy. He said on air, he's like, you
0: know what, bro? Let's take a look at Machine Head's new metal album Let's from, take 90s, from, from Let's take a break from ninety Let's take a break from Ice Earth because I've been so bored. So I decided to was decide. let was go listen to Machine Head. Cool dude, fucking Machine Head. Cool dude, metal band, right? Right. Total fucking badass, bro. Total badass. Rathlin was like playing guitars for Violence and stuff. The first, yeah, the first two Machine He's Head He's got albums. thrash metal clout with fucking Forbidden, dude. Yeah, bro. Fucking, he sound like Machine Head sound like Pantera. Machine dude. Head. Machine fucking Head. Yeah, dude, total bass, right? He decided to cut his hair and get blonde fucking. He got himself freaking spiky blonde tips and shit, and then wrote a new metal record. <laughs> so, before but we But the g- funny thing, it's like I think technically this could've been their best-selling record of because all time. Because when
1: it came out, new metal was super hot. Yeah. So, there's two ways to look at this album for me, Above just a and- quick just a quick generalized feelings before I get in the specifics. Cuz you
0: are or at least my fan, yes. go-to new metal dude. He's he my go-to new metal dude. So if you look so at So if ev- you want like <laughs> if you want him to judge your new metal, he's your guy. So if, if you, you think all new metal's trash then you might not be able to like this, but if you actually like new metal and willing to say, "Bruh, a lot of these bands blow, but there's some fucking diamonds in the rough of yes. th- of these of bouncy baggy pants riffs.
1: If you notice the biggest names in new metal, like Horn and like Deftones and Slipknot, they're just like, man, don't pigeonhole us. That's their whole gimmick. Because, and this has a point. Because if you notice, it's not just the new metal sound. All those bands did different things. And that's, and that's my main issue with this album. Or try to do
0: different things. And
1: that's my main issue with this album because there's two ways to look at it. You look at it as a machine head album and you look at it as straight a new metal album. But the problem with new metal is, is that, with any genre, when you get make
0: a genre and
1: you're the like, like forefathers like, of that genre, you're
0: gonna. M- and have, if you're like the freaking like top tier, like freaking you know mainstream music, yes. top on the Billboard, yes. and freaking having hit singles on the radio since radio was actually important back in the '90s. Yes, it was one of the last decades where it was important. But yeah, so the well, thing gonna say 2000s radio still mattered. Just yeah. like just when when the 2010s came around and the and, like, the new internet ages came in. Like, yes. yeah, radio might not be as important. At least not where we are geographically. Like, yes. elsewhere, I'm sure it still fucking matters. Oh, of course. But <laughs> us fucking plebeoids living in California, radio is too much important. Unless you're, like, unless it's, like, the unless, problem, unless you're an older person that actually wants to tune in on the radio. My
1: problem with new metal has always been is that I still say, I still genuinely believe, more than any genre, it is the most easiest to be cookie cutter and just hollow and just fake. Because we always comment about boring death metal, boring thrash metal. For the most part, yeah, it's boring, but it's at Bro, least dude, mildly. I listen interesting the to the fucking to.
0: hardcore and that shit's basically cookie cutter.
1: Yeah, even but yeah, you know, punk and stuff, yeah, it's all pretty cookie cutter. But there's something for me personally about cookie cutter new metal where it's just like, okay, what the fuck? And the thing with this record is My problem with Rob Flynn's always been he's a decently talented guy, but I don't know who he is creatively. And this album, as I talk to, as as I have in my notes when we get to the track by track, feels like a lot of different pieces from a lot of different shit grafted together because it was hot at the time. And that's my issue with this album. It feels like in some ways another generic cookie cutter. But. I've never been able to just completely hate something except for a few things. And speaking objectively, there are some pieces of music in here that sound different than other cookie-cutter new metal bands. Like, it's pretty cookie-cutter, but there's different—there's things he does that are actually a little different Oh, Bro, dude,
0: I swear there is so much where I'm listening here, I'm just like, bruh. Little things. This guy with the fucking spiky gold (laughs) tips— it's like, I honestly don't feel, I honestly feel like he does nothing original for the most part. I, that's why I said there's a couple little things. It's like, fl- it's flaky. like, here's the thing. It's like, literally, it's like, I'm going to do a song that sounds like this band, but now I'm going to do another song that sounds like this band. And it's oh, like, yeah, no, that's rough. this whole album. That's this whole album. Like literally, if every l- song sounds like another band for reals. But like literally for some reason, yeah, no. But she heads the one band where they try to play fucking cookie cutter new metal, but they had fucking Roadrunner behind them, so they're able to <laughs> do well, which is like, bruh. So getting into it. But my it. new metal expert, what's up?
1: <laughs> so. The thing about this album is, is that maybe it's because I've been too conditioned to listening to Ice Earth, but like each Ice Earth record, each the whole album sounds like basically one song, same thing over and over. I feel this, like with you this, know, this, yeah, this album there was a little bit of distinction.
0: Yeah, you actually you could tell different differences between each song. Yes, and here's the so thing. that was nice. I'm gonna tell you right now, my thing is like honestly, Ice Earth is a bit boring. But like it's like Ice Earth is still technically I do think is a really good metal band for the most part and deserve their rabid fan base. This Machine Head record, it's like fuck, bro. I was howling, but at least it's like, dude, at least I could tell there's differences between each song. So I'm just howling. It's just like it's such a bad imitation. So the first track is just
1: kind of a short instrumental thing or whatever. I actually thought it sounded a little cool, and then the first song starts. I'm like, okay. Okay, build up is kind of nice. There's some wicky wack shit on the guitar. I'm like, all right, whatever. But then I hear Rob Flynn yell, "Fuck this place up!" and I'm and a bouncy riff comes on, and then he yells, "Come on, yeah!" Ugh! and I'm like, oh my fucking god. Oh my fucking god! I was gonna come into this with an open mind, Robert. Well, his name's not even actually Rob Flynn. I think it's like Matthew or something. Oh, well,
0: yo, fuck him but Robert You don't need to come into open mind. But this yeah, kind
1: of a weird fucking dude. Generic bouncy riff comes on, and he does this like rally shit, and it's like, bro, it's so. My literal notes are, it's so cookie cutter. It's hilarious, and then he starts rapping, and I'm like, look, bro, I get it. Fear Factory, which this song kind of sounds like, I'm like, look, bro, Fear Factory was a gr- is a great band, and Corns Follow the Leader made a lot of money, but fuck. No, and listen, if I'm giving credit where it's due, if we're talking strictly by sound and production, because it is Roadrunner money in studios, the instruments are they, clear, they, they sound nice.
0: Well, bro, here's the thing about this. I said last episode, bro, this record was literally at the was recorded at the same Mansion studio spot where, like, the fucking guy that did it, I can't remember his name. You can go look it up. But the guy that did this record with the Machine Head stuff, because this was at some Mansion's thing, when this record was being, like, recorded and shit, Slipknot's first album was also being recorded. Yeah, so literally, that, yeah. like, yeah, Machine Head and fucking Slipknot were both hanging out together in this fucking mansion doing their records. And
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm giving credit where it's due, it sounds... Like, good in the sense that you hear all the instruments, vocals are coming through clear, you know, there's some nice layering and effects on the voice, it sounds pretty alright. And, you know, it's whatever, I thought the breakdown was neat, but I couldn't get over how disingenuous it all feels for this, re- for this song. Song three... Just sounds like a Biohazard song, <laughs> which normally is, which, which normally I think is kind of rad because they're like one of the first bands to actually put together like metal, hardcore, and hip hop before Rage Against the Machine did it. And it's like, kind of around the same time. And period. sometimes I feel like I'm the only
0: person. Maybe like Bio, I oh, do no. yeah, But Biohazard
1: I- was around in the late '80s.
0: Yeah. Well, I like to think Biohazard might be harder in like tone than like than Rage Against the Machine. Oh no,
1: they are because Rage Against
0: the Machine also threw in like funk
1: influences too.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. They're basically angry well, red the hot thing chili about, peppers like, fucking rage against machine aren't they like fucking berkeley trained musicians I don't know about, but I believe so maybe. Oh, they're all from California. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I think these were, like, music school dudes, like, on instruments while fucking Zach, what is it, Zach, Zach De La Rocha. Yeah, Zach Rocha. De La Rocha was in another fucking band. Yeah, he like, was. Like, which was a fucking hardcore band. Which was
1: a hardcore band, yep. Which I can't remember the fucking name right now, but. I don't like, know the name either, but yeah, you had a lot of different shit going into that band. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, this song sounds like a Biohazard song, which I was going to say, normally I'm stoked because I feel like I'm the only guy in California that likes biohazard but it feels like just a straight up cop cut and paste rip and again there's bits and pieces I actually almost like because to be honest and the song proves it there was teeny tiny things that Rob Flynn could have done a little like Different and expanded upon. I, I i get into that later on. And then song four sounds like a prong song. Really? I thought it sounded like a Static X it song. It was the vocal melodies that did it. Yeah, for but me. the fucking dance beat though. That's the that- dance beat was there, but it wasn't as pronounced as a Static X song. Yeah. And normally, again, that'd be awesome because sometimes I feel like I'm the only person on the West Coast
0: that likes prong.
1: But the thing is, like, I can pinpoint every single Nah, influence. you say going to enough
0: new metal shows and kicking at those guys. I'm sure you'll find someone that likes prong. You're just hanging out with the wrong people. So... Like I like can, me. <laughs> so the thing is, I can pinpoint like every single influence
1: for every single song, and it's like I can't feel the originality at all. I remember, you know, we always like fuck, bro. I, I know. I and it here's the thing, none. and here's the thing. I get that when you're and let's just listen to me. And I here's was,
0: the thing about Machine Head. I yes. feel like even like maybe their first record, you could say it's a little bit originality, but honestly, the early Machine Head. Just sounds like fucking Pantera. Like fucking worship. Pantera. Maybe there's a little bit of like thrash worship because he's from that scene. But yes. honestly, Pantera's hot. Yes. But now here, new metal is hot, hot. And he decided to cut his fucking to take away his bandana and his long hair <laughs> and for, get frosty tips. Dude, the frosty tips. You can't get over that, bro. Like that. How more blatant does he get? But it, that's why I said you're earlier. from the Bay area thrash scene and played in like legit, like friggin', like, le, like legit Bay area thrash bands and stuff. And yeah. machine head was like totally part of that. Like fucking Pantera vibe. Rob Flynn has a lot you of clout. Doing, yeah. You were jamming shows with Slayer and Pantera, but then you went frosty tips, boy. What is this? And the thing is how I- <laughs> history is
1: so weird. The thing is I listen to this album and I'm like, I don't, feel i don't know what makes machine head machine head i don't feel machine head throughout most of this record i feel it sometimes maybe during the heavier groovy bits but again you know i just don't that's feel just, it but it just that's feels also like,
0: part of the time period too is the heavy yeah. groovy bits
1: and the thing is it's like it just feels like he just took all these different pieces and grafted it onto his band i mean again song four is kind of catchy I actually had my Toe tapping a few times but again it's nothing i haven't heard somewhere else it it had a nice breakdown although the break it's funny the breakdown for this song just sounded exactly like the pre-chorus for remember guitar hero metallica had beautiful morning on it yeah yeah it sounded a lot like the pre-chorus for that Hmm. song five is your sort of kind of classic new metal ballad there's points where i swear to god it sounds like rob flynn
0: just straight
1: up jarl's
0: Oh, this is the fucking Jarl song. I'm like, bruh. Now he's going fucking Pearl Jam or fucking Creed. Bro, I'm so, like, what outs of no originality? What, what did Scott Whalen
1: get here? Yeah, I'm about
0: to say it's like, I can't say musically the shit I do is fucking like truly original, original, but... This is just ripping off fucking Radio <laughs> Rock.
1: Don't call me daughter. Fuck,
0: dude, this guy is like doesn't ri- like with Slipknot. Like if they were ripping off stuff, it was very, very like mu- like getting to like almost music nerd territory. Yes, this guy was ripping off whatever was popping. Yes,
1: yes, he yarls in this song. He was so fucking- hard,
0: and then all credibility just definitely went out of the window when he was <laughs> yarling on this song.
1: Like the intro was kind of cool, but the rest of the song just sound like you know the rest of the album. I like the guitar effects on it. That's one thing I always liked about new metal. Was granted, keep in mind they're all just ripping off head from corn. But you know, just people making sound effects with their guitars. I like the textures. Granted, they were doing that in King Crimson forty years ago, but it's different. Yeah. So you know, it's got the. You beep, didn't beep, have beep, beep, baggy beep, pants, bouncy wrist. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. It's when it's not done too much, it sounds pretty all right. But yeah, it was an okay song. The weird thing is too is I noticed in the song, he because this is popular at the time too, not as hot as new metal, but industrial metal's popular at this point. And he's using a lot, if you listen closely, he's using a lot of industrial metal like song structures and like vocal kind of melodies. But there's very little electronics on this album. There's like very little. So if so, without the backing there, it feels kind of hollow and empty when I'm listening to it because my brain is expecting to hear other stuff that it's not hearing. It's just bass, drums, and guitar in his voice. So it it, it creates this weird distance where it feels kind of flat. But that's other things I noticed too. Song six is the one with the music video. Oh yeah, so you mean the hit single? What saves the day? Or I was whatever? like, when did Fred Durst get here? You hear those bars?
0: Oh, bro. That Rob
1: Flynn was dropping. <laughs> he's dropping. He was trying to drop bars all over the. Like, album. bro, listen. I know this whole album is new metal, but this song is more new metal than the whole album. Like, it's you extra know he new worked. Metal. You know, I don't care what those track listings say. You know, he worked with a producer, or that is a corporate made new metal song. Oh, it did. <laughs> that that was made to be the single. That was made to be the music video. That song is so blatantly on purpose. Oh, meant bro. to be that and oh, it's bro. super fucking obvious oh bro I was getting legit triggered at this album <laughs> because like this album is everything that's wrong with new metal it's people ripping off corn without the substance without understanding what made corn corn. Fuck! So anyway, so, so, so I'm listening to this and I'm and I'm this is when I this is those times when I turn to you and I'm like, you see? Do you see why Slipknot got and stayed popular? Yeah, I can Because see. you had shit lords like this? Oh fuck, Doing yeah. shit like this? So song seven was maybe my favorite song, if you could call it that. I don't know. It had this long but kind of cool build up into a heavy riff. But that's when I realized that the chorus and parts and the heavy bits of this song just sounds like Roots era Sepultura. Oh, bro, yeah. <laughs> like, hardcore. Oh, fuck, bro, yeah. Not too much to say. It was all right. Song 8 is a cover of fucking Message in a goddamn bottle yeah. by the police. And I'm
0: just like, this, yeah, no, I'm sitting here it's like, why do these fucking new metal bands always try to cover these songs? And I can't answer like these, them. Like, these songs like this, and it's just so bad and cringe. And I
1: can't speak for them, but the way listening to this song, I have a, th- I have a game theory. Do you know why I think he did this? Because- In 1995, Mm. Marilyn Manson dropped his cover of Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics, another 80s band. But that song was like sounded entirely different and made his own. And it was a big hit. It Wait. was a really big hit, and it's
0: still one of his uh, one I'm of the fan remember. favorites. Yeah, of yeah, his. Yeah, 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 I'm trying to remember. Police was Police 80s or well, they 70s? were around
1: since the late se- eight, the late 70s, but some of their biggest hits came out in the early the 80s. Message in a, a bottle. bottle. I think that might have been their first record.
0: Yeah, but why this song? <laughs> Fuck, so weird. And like, the- <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I'll give Marilyn Manson this. He did a Pretty good job on Sweet Dreams. That's
1: what I was gonna say. When Mance's cover came out, that was really big because it was the real first integration between the last gen the last era of music and the new one coming up. And it was a big hit. That song, along with Johnny Cash's cover of Nine Inch Nails Is Hurt, is are like the two picture perfect examples that people think of when they're like, take a classic song, cover it, but you make it your own. It was a big moment when it happened and the it, and that was felt by the people paying attention at the time. And Rob Flynn, in my game theory is trying to purposefully replicate that because if you notice it doesn't sound anything like the original one hey you know that other it even that, starts out off slow and ballady like fucking Sweet the Sweet Dreams cover. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going crazy and well, maybe he didn't hey, mean you know to rip Hey, you know the other off, band that was hanging
0: out in the same mansion Machine Head was? Did tell, they do a I'll shitty t- fucking cover?
1: No. All those Slipknot guys and I don't even know if them ever covering a song. I'm sure they have, but I can't even
0: remember. Yeah, but they weren't doing fucking Message in the Bottle. What <laughs> the fuck is this when I was like I knew this was coming. Yes. And was says, "Listen am just like fuck, bro.
1: Yes. This, this, this is
0: so awkward. Why would you do this? This is when I turned on Frosty the album. tips,
1: man. What is going on? <laughs> this is when I turned on the album. I legitimately got upset. I was like, I see what the fuck you're doing. And so at this point, did you just like, I need a break? A little bit. So song nine, almost done. Sounds a little like your typical Machine song. It's more groovy than anything. Had some nice use of phaser guitar effects. Song 10 felt like filler. It's mid-paced or whatever, but... I feel like this song and the intro song were only included because, have you noticed, record companies seem to be terrified of their records having less than 11 songs?
0: Yeah, I know. It just feels that way? Yeah, it's very weird and awkward. But
1: yeah, it was whatever. Um, and the thing is, this song and the last song, specifically, when Rob's doing some vocals, he because this song sounds like a fucking Slipknot song. And if you strip away Rob's voice and add a more chaotic background, Flynn even sounds like he's trying to, like, rip, like, emulate Corey Taylor's... Hey, like, the, don't like, like his delivery, delivery. His delivery. Oh, my God.
0: What a guy. Like,
1: seriously, I know you won't, but Bruh. if you listen to it again, imagine Corey Taylor singing that well, shit, might and listen- it
0: sounds like bar karaoke Here's version. Thing, I'm willing to listen to it again because this album was such a good laugh, though. Yeah.
1: The bro- it was is so
0: much more entertaining than the Easter stuff. Even the
1: breakdown was kind of Slipknot. The way, if you remember, it was like it was like banana na na na, 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 na. Song 11 had an all right start. I like what the drums and bass were was doing. Was this but- the ballad that just ended it off? Because no, no, this is the next off. one. This is the this is the next to last one. Rob sounds extra Corey on this one. And when I say that, again, I don't mean he's exact. Okay, because Rob Flynn actually has a unique recognizable voice. But what I mean is, again, it feels like he heard the other guys and was like, I'm going to do that song's okay. It's kinda of filling. Oh, I think
0: you guys are on to something here. Let me do it. Let me copy your homework, guys. Yeah, here we go. So the last song's the longest one. It's just a straight
1: ballad. Um I liked how the last song faded into it. Um I'm not gonna lie, this is like the only song I think I can say I actually like liked.
0: Or oh, you the- felt an ounce of possible originality. Yes,
1: because yes, I like the atmosphere he was creating with the guitars. Th- there was electronics in this one. They were kind of basic, if I'm honest, like beginner stuff but I almost appreciate the simplicity. It gave me man, you fear vibes, which is a Marilyn Manson song, except that song had, had Trent Reznor going ham on the, on a Rhodes piano. But yeah, I'm a sap. I thought it was all right. Um, I liked how it kind of started and ended on noise. And I listened to this and it's like, this reminded me. I'm like, man, Rob Flynn's actually talented. I just don't know who he is as a creator. And I'm thinking to myself at this point, I wish he would, because considering (laughs) what we were laughing about last time, considering he tried to make rap metal and new metal again a couple years ago. I wish he would admit he liked this stuff and tried to run with it because clearly he doesn't want to play thrash metal. He only does groove metal when he needs to Return to his return to form return to, to bring to form. the fans back. And he does have thrash metal influences and in songs, but they're kind of sparing. And like, I wish he would just admit he likes the stuff, and then I think he could actually expand like, on like the, the genre and like, do
0: some things with I it. I feel like the rap metal thing is like he kind of sees there's a possible trend again. Yeah. So he was thought thinking maybe I could jump back on this. I was able to do it before. I could totally do this right. I told you it again, you yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could, do, I could do this. I've done it before. And but stuff. what that review? King A Ten's coming, you guys. Like I don't know if new metal <laughs> actually is popping again and stuff, but we don't know.
1: And what what that one reviewer say when we read it? He said it was super collider types of
0: bad <laughs> i am not listening to it like i don't know no i read super that. it was, on the, it was a, on the wikipedia page yo super collider is a very high level bat like here's the thing about this machine head album what the burning red this yeah. wasn't as bad as super collider oh no no super collider is genuinely one of and listen i we
1: fucking love megadeth super collider is one of the worst albums i, I legitimately feel like i've ever heard Risk is a better record.
0: Like, bro. That- like, it
1: really is. I just wanted to try to find that one review of the last uh, Machine album. Yeah, here it is. It's Super Collider's level of bad. Ugh. None, like, like he says, 74-minute rap album with a song that sounds like Dropkick Murphy's in the middle. And he says, none of it feels ha- half-assed. These are very clearly well-crafted cr- crafted songs. It's just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It, this is uh, super collider levels level. This is a super co- le- this is a super collider level oh, miss from a band that seemed to ditch this phase long ago.
0: Oh god. Yeah.
1: But it was Machine Heads best international chart debut in Germany and Australia and the UK. So maybe he's going to be like annihilator and be a Europe only band. Ah. Uh. Man, bro. Are people are people in Germany and the UK just super hot on that new metal now? I don't know. Maybe, bro. Just maybe. Ah. But, but yeah, anyhow, that, that p- was that was new. That was uh the dying red or whatever the fuck it's called. The I burning did- red, everybody.
0: Yeah, no. So the burning red, I'll put it this way for me, since I didn't do the frigate, I didn't take all notes on it because like I'm just gonna go off memory. Here's the thing listen to iced earth. I needed a break. Like, literally, like, I know, like, Ice Earth has great anthem songs, and you can have a crowd of, like, European people just chant, of, like, long-haired European people chanting along to that, and it's pretty <laughs> interesting, but at the same time, I was like, dude, I've been dealing with such a freaking, like, mediocre, freaking-sounding thrash band, and, like, one or two great songs, and then the rest just, like, it's just all boring songs that just go together. But this Burning Red... Like, it's bad, but it's so laughable, entertaining. Like, I was not (laughs) bored listening to this. You heard... I got mad listening to this whole podcast. Like, I don't like new metal and I was like listening to a bunch of fucking, sli- and, like, I listened to like a lot of fucking Slipknot, I listened to all the Slipknot shit just to challenge myself and I can tell you this, is just like it's so bare bones and mediocre but at least there's distinction in songs and so much is so laughable. Still- whole boy started yarling bro. <laughs> I was just like done, I'm like fuck dude, as you said who is he as an artist other than just a rip off artist bro. Whatever. At least he has a career. Like yeah. these aren't like the worst sounding songs, but at the same time it's like, dude, these all came off just B level rip offs of better bands.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And the frosty tips, bro. <laughs> God, dude. You just threw out your credibility so w- hard. I don't know when we're gonna do it, but
1: I figure at some point we're gonna listen to the other rap metal album he did.
0: Well, here's the thing,
1: because there's the, here's the thing, Burning Red is just called a New Metal album. It's not called Rap Metal. The other one is called New Metal and Rap Metal. So that tells are me are you talking
0: about like the one after this one? No, no, the no, one, the one I, from 2018. Fuck. I don't know. Do you still want to listen to Machine Head or do you want to go back to Ice Earth? I mean it's something different. <laughs> do you want to go back to Ice Earth? No no, 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 I'm
1: not saying we listen to Machine Head next week. I'm saying, I said I assume in the future we're going to come
0: back to that other uh, rap metal listeners. album. Listeners. We're gonna listen to Iced Earth next. Yes. And if honestly, if I'm still bored again, we're gonna go back to Machine Head. <laughs> is that a,
1: is, is that an in, is that an insult to Iced Earth or a compliment to Machine Head? Well, what? Oh, here's
0: the thing about Rob Flynn. Like he's he got Frosty Tips, and he eventually <laughs> ran off those bandmates on that album. See, Corey Taylor never got Frosty Tips. He just never shut the fuck up. Well, here's the thing. Corey Taylor was kind of like Frosty Tips. Oh my fucking god! I just remember remember that horrible fucking country song I said. You with Corey Taylor. Oh rapping. my god, why'd you fucking? Ra- I threw that out of my mind, bro. I just remember that. Fuck, bro, what is up with these guys? It's like, oh, I'm trying to go multi genre and expand myself musically because he's popular, but, yeah. But it's like, why do you just do more fucking pop shit with other fucking pop shit? It's so awkward and bad. Oh god, yeah, know but I guess country has fucking rap, has is. Everything, everyone wants to rap now and like freaking pop or whatever. It's what else, bro. Like, I'm not dissing against rap, just a lot of people kind of do it really bad. It's like I remember. It's except like, fucking, uh, except versus a fucking 90s Euro dance hits and stuff that shit's oh, yeah. like bad but it's still like fun and entertaining or stuff. So. you know this
1: country shit i remember did you know that why is country rapping bro what's this did uncle you
0: cracker know... freaking kid rock shit did you
1: know did, did you know that when lil nas won the grammy for fucking old town road trent reznor because he sampled a nine inch nails song trent reznor also won that grammy And it's funny, there's a picture that his wife posted on Instagram of, like, Trent Reznor in his house with his kids around him wearing glasses, looking like such a dad, and he's reading all the comments from pissed off Nine Inch Nails fans, because they're like, what the fuck, how dare these country people desecrate you know, just all this shit, and he's just laughing. Yeah. And they asked him. But here's the funny thing, it's like fucking... They asked him too, they are like, what do you think about your song being sampled for a country rap art, a, a black country rap artist?
0: And his response was basically, I don't
1: really care. I don't really care. It's whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but even then, it just shows the influence of Lil Nas. At least he l- listens to Nine Inch Nails and shit. Yeah. Or at least that album. But here's the thing about Nine Inch Nails. It has been a country thing. Fucking Johnny Cash covered a Nine Inch Nails song, That bro. was Rick
1: Rubin, though. When Rick Rubin produced him and other people, Rick Rubin likes to cross cross the genre pool so that's what he also had him cover rusty cage by soundgarden hey
0: bro i can tell you this fucking johnny cash didn't do a shitty cover of a nine inch Nails song (laughs) yeah but fucking machina did a shitty cover of the police yes they did fuck dude sometimes these peeps just don't know how to do it well i like it when bands cover songs but
1: sometimes it's just no like dope you could make the argument they cover too many songs Oh fuck, bro. Okay, let me ask you a quick question, then we'll move on to Daisy of Love. Fucking machine heads message in a bottle or dopes fuck the police.
0: I'm gonna have to go and message to the bottle. <laughs> fuck the police was bad. Like that was just like I cannot listen a to the it.
1: Motherfucker got it bad because I'm loud. And,
0: like Message of the Ball is laughably <laughs> bad, but at least I could still listen See, to the it. See, the funny thing but about- like, Dope doing, like, that, like, song, and then just trying to, it's like, with that, and you're, like, freaking memeing that line, I'm literally just like, no. The funny thing about no. Dope, even though I love
1: them okay. so much, Dope is literally the poster child for what technically everything that is wrong with new metal should be, but I just fucking love them. Like, not even, not not like ironically either. I'm just like, no, I fucking love that band. Now, fucking the Burning
0: Red, that is everything wrong with new Metal yeah, on an actual really. level. So, yeah, talk about fucking new Metal and Dope and the bass player Dope as he tried to win the affection as we're now at the main event of this episode. We've been really chilling yes. pretty hard for the most part, but, dude. We got we got a pretty good description of the Machine Head album because you can tell how the Iced Earth reviews go. They go by quick because there's nothing to know. There's
1: nothing to talk about. Yeah. It's like, oh, how'd this song go? Uh, It started off with some pretty guitars and then it went into a uh, and we went to a to a sing along chorus and then there was triplets.
0: It's like that's every Iced Earth (laughs) song.
1: So we're here today with
0: episode fucking eight of Daisy Love as I'm about to. Let me recap to you guys. For this episode, to recap of last episode, Fox was kind of an idiot, and there was horrible pancakes that I ranted about for a good 10 minutes, and 12-pack winning a supposed challenge that didn't really happen, or at least on our episode to recap, we are talking about the fucking jacking off in a cup challenge, but literally last episode was Daisy doing rounds of fucking <laughs> dates to like just try to talk and hang out with the guys and stuff. And basically, I can say last episode... There was phone stuff where basically, like, the dudes plotted against Fox to see if they can catch his girlfriend and have his girlfriend talk to Daisy and stuff. But eventually, Daisy nutted up and booted Fox off the island. Yes. It's like, you know, I'm getting away from these, like, weird, sketchy, goofy, toxic hot boys. So, Edward, sing the theme. He loves me. He loves me not.
1: Do you think you got the best of me? Check this, you'll never get to me. He loves me. He loves me not. Nah, you think you got the best of me? You think you got the best of me? Something you'll never has to be. Check this, you'll never get to
0: me. Vroom. So the name of this episode of Still Haven't Found What I'm Cooking For. It's Are been- you fucking serious? Yes, that's the name of this episode.
1: I fucking hate you. VH1.
0: So basically, it's the morning and everyone is really looking rough. Yes. Like, this house is starting to take its toll on these dudes. But basically, the like this episode kind of starts off pretty quick. So literally, like Daisy calls the boys in for today's challenge and stuff. Yeah, she's like, as you know, I
1: love my girlish figure, but I also love me some food. I need a man that
0: can cook because God knows I can. I'm like, yeah, you really can. Fuck, you can't with those fucking pancakes, <laughs> Not Daisy. Not those pancakes. proven to me that maybe... We need to teach you some basics in cooking. Sinister. Just saying.
1: Sinister says in the talking head his signature dish was trailer park pizza. Well,
0: he's like, I can't really. I was like, "Ah, I can't really cook. And literally the only signature dish I have is what is this trailer park? Trailer park pizza. Trailer park pizza. (laughs) Trailer
1: park. Is when when you take a piece of bread, put some ketchup on it, and then put a slice of cheese on it. Put it in the sun long enough for it to melt. And then, boom, trailer park pizza.
0: Fuck. That sounds disgusting. Like, I'm sure it's fine, but at the same time, I'm just like, oh, dude, sun-melted cheese is so gross. I've never had
1: that, but that's what I hear. I've never, ever had that. I don't want to. Really.
0: I don't want to know what fucking Sinister eats, bro. But it seems like Considering with Daisy. how real thin he is. Mm, I don't know. I am a feeling a lot of these dudes don't really want to try to eat a lot of, like, fucking food and stuff they kind of just eat really weird whatever as
1: we will get to later in this episode so the challenge is the the five guys need to prepare and that's a good name for a restaurant the five guys need to prepare a five course meal and each of the five is in charge
0: of one portion yeah and they got two hours to do it but they got these caterers yes which fuck bro was it me or was these lady caterers way prettier than daisy it's funny you mentioned that, because Sinister thought so, too. He made a comment in the like, talking head. oh, hey, hey, we, we got some cute caterers here. I'm like, dude, Daisy looks so fucking goofy, and she has, like, fried blonde hair right now <laughs> and Those stuff. big old lips and big old tits, and it's just like... I think and, like, this, like, fucking very, like, bright, like, you know garbage what, clothes I that think- did not age well. But then you get these caterers just wearing normal fucking black, like, freaking... Like black slacks or like a black dress and stuff. And honestly, I look at these ladies <laughs> like. They came off way more pretty. You know what it is, man. Just say. You know what I think it
1: is. After eight months of doing this podcast, and every and all the chicks we've seen have been crazy rocker chicks or bar chicks or whatever the hell Daisy is, and and the borderline porn stars from the two Samurai Cop movies. I think just seeing some regular looking gals was just very aesthetically pleasing.
0: Fuck. At least <laughs> they look better than Daisy. Sorry, Daisy. I thought these characters. I'm sure were Daisy's li- a nice woman. I'm sure Daisy's a nice woman one for the most part but freaking yeah no these caterers i thought were way more freaking l- like looked way more prettier than you
1: that's what i'm saying sinister said so too he's like yeah there were some cute wares here but you know what we well i don't think that. he
0: was saying like oh I no, think he wasn't these, saying they were
1: pretty pretty he just commented they were
0: cute yeah he commented they're cute i'm saying it's like dude these like women actually look like women i don't <laughs> know what the fuck daisy looks like but it's not like it's so fucking bad. She is a female. I'm just saying, her drip's off. <laughs> it's
1: not like Heather. Heather had good drip. Heather had really good drip. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, those those other guys are basically just producers. It's all to the boys to make the stuff. They got, like I said, two hours to do shit. So, I got the order of uh the guys and their dishes flex has to make a chicken corn on blue and 12 pack finds out he has to make a red velvet cake sinister so sort of gets a lasagna which he's like which he says is like the hardest thing and i'm wondering and i'm i can't remember if that was sarcasm or not. isn't lasagna pretty easy to
0: make <sighs> well here's the thing obviously from scratch i think scratch it's just it's hard, getting the mass just getting the mass quantity because here's the thing mm. if all lasagna if i'm not mistaken Depending on how you do it, but literally it's like you put down a layer of noodles. Yes. Then you put a layer down of sauce, cheese, and meat, and ricotta cheese and stuff, whatever. Just a layer of sauce, cheese, and then rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. It's just layers of like these freaking flat noodles sauce cheese whatever just the meat and like the fucking yeah meat and sauce and cheese noodles meat and sauce and cheese meat and stuff. So- now prepping the sauce and getting the meat all together and stuff i could see that but it's literally just a layering act for the most part it's mostly it's just more bulky more mm. than anything okay so yeah
1: th- so yeah he gets the lasagna
0: and uh, fucking chichi has to make french onion soup which i'm saying like okay now french onion soup i think that's that that sounds bo- hard yes there's a fucking process with the onions. If you ever watched Kitchen Nightmares, that one episode. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Remember that fucking one episode with the fucking guy? It's like a two-parter with the fucking guy that had his farm the f- The farm to... <clears throat> his farm fresh to... T- farm to table restaurant and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that piece of and shit. And he thought he had... Like, he thought he could fucking cook and shit. It's like, oh, yeah, no. I learned from fucking, like french cooks in new york and stuff and everything and stuff and like gordon's like okay okay that sounds cool and literally guys it's like all ego and literally gordon's like dude you cannot cook (laughs) he's like i can fucking cook it's like no you cannot stop (laughs) and literally for his restaurant to succeed under while gordon's helping out he literally had to tell him to leave the kitchen yes and just manage the spot do not cook But I just remember he had a French onion soup and Gordon told him to turn it like return it back to him. And he just threw like fresh raw onions in there. And Gordon's telling him like, bro, you cannot give me fresh raw onions. This isn't fresh French onion soup. You are a liar. Quit lying at me. (laughs) So Uh, I thought that would be like because I think it's like a process to get the broth and the fucking onions like caramelized and shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, It takes it doesn't take like all day, but it takes a while. And then Big Rick has "quote unquote" zum zucchini shit. It's quiche, but he didn't know how to say some
0: zucchini shit. Well, what the hell is this?
1: There's not too much noteworthy that happens during the cooking. One, one a like, couple it's notable just like
0: some stuff. It's like so the boys are. Ma- I just read down boys are making food, and the yeah. caterers are kind of cringing, but the ladies are also like some you can. To Some peeps could say, like, they were flirting a bit. Oh, there's Big Rig and the fucking guy that, like, his yeah, caterer. Yeah, He and then the funny thing is,
1: he was like... And the thing is, he was cool with him. Did you see that? He was like, I think it's flattering. Guys think I look
0: good? I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Like, I feel like some of these caterers were trying to, like, do a little bit it more was, than
1: helping. I thought it was kind of funny just hearing Flex sum up chicken cordon blue is, quote, unquote, just being chicken, ham, and cheese. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he saying, like, you know, yeah that's
0: what it is, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, yeah, he's fucking chilling there. And like the lady's like, yeah, pound that chicken. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to pound Pounders. that chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. I'm getting a boner tenderizing this chicken. Oh, I laugh so hard. Uh,
1: there's a bit where 12 Pack makes fun of Chi Chi for crying because he's cutting onions. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Chi Chi's crying, crying, cutting onions in his caterer because like, oh, you cry. It's like, yeah, I'm crying. But it's like, dude, onions, onions could be, a fresh onion's brutal to fucking cut into. It is. Big Rig made his quiche into a heart.
1: 12-pack comments how intense Sinister looks making his lasagna.
0: Oh, yeah, because fucking Sinister is just buried in his head, reading instruction books, and just going for it. Chi-Chi arranges like the
1: table with a fancy cloth and rose petals. But dude, all these guys like rose petals, dude. I think there's a surplus of fucking rose petals at that house, bro. 12 pack actually comments.
0: He's like, "I'm surprised the cooking went so smooth." I'm like, "Me too." Right? They got fucking caterers going and they have instructions. Like, you just have to follow instructions. So the next is
1: the dinner. Uh Ricky uh, Ricky Rackman I was them. not stoked on Daisy's look
0: because I wrote down, so it's dinner, and Daisy looks horrible. But tr- <laughs> but twelve pack looks awesome in his fucking yeah. like twelve pack looked like a fucking yakuza character. No, dude, he looked like he had fucking like the jo- oh god, what was John Travolta's disco movie? Saturday Night Fever? Yeah, he got the Saturday Night Fever fucking suit on with this red velvet oh cake. God. Like Twak looks awesome. Daisy's just like, what the fuck are you wearing? Wow. Nah, dude, I'm tell you see that pop collar? Yeah, yo, if you show any other females that aren't goofy looking on this show, it just it just it broke. <laughs> Makes it Daisy bro- look better. Yeah, you know, it like shattered the mirror, dude, because I just look at Daisy and it's just like, bruh.
1: Fuck. So the quiche is up first, and she likes it. So, you know, good for Big Rig.
0: Like, literally, she's just sitting there and is like, uh, is this supposed to be, like, runny? And I'm sitting there and is like, have I had, like, kind of, like, a runny-ish quiche? But I'm like, it's zucchini. Zucchini is very watery. Very moist. So it's very moist. So it's a little moist. She's like, I've never had a quiche. And I'm like, how old are you, Daisy? Are you 26? I've had many quiches at the age of 26. What do you eat, Daisy? I'm very, like, concerned. I was asking that question, too, because...
1: The French she has to, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do Tarantino this. I'm gonna go through the stuff real quick and then we're gonna jump back because she mentions, oh, she liked the French onion soup, liked the lasagna and the red velvet cake. And except for the red velvet cake, she didn't know what any of this shit was. Except the lasagna, I think. Like I hope she the didn't fuck you know what. You know what a, I hope the fuck you know what. She a didn't lasagna know what French onion soup was. She didn't know what quiche was. And the funny, th- and she didn't know what chicken cordon bleu was. And the funny thing is, after she That's finishes chicken cordon bleu, the- and the funny thing is, after she eats the red velvet cake, the last thing she comments, she's like, "I think this is the best I've eaten since I've been here." And I'm like, "Wow, is VH1
0: catering really just shit?" What the fuck do you like to eat, Daisy? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. It's like, what do you eat? Do you just eat fucking Funyuns and Snickers bars all day? My man 12-pack was smooth. Or a fucking Big Mac shit, dude. My man 12-pack was are the smooth the fucking dollar
1: quarter pounder? What the fuck does Daisy eat? My man 6-pack was smooth, though. He was like, Daisy likes her sweets, and 12-pack's a sweet guy.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, 12-pack. <laughs> you are best. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, she likes everything. And I don't think the show expected it to go well because Daisy surprised, Ricky surprised. Ricky Strip is like, I was
0: ready to hate on this, but I no, ready, you guys all like, did a I good job. To, I wanted to rip into this. But, like, hey, if VHY like, gave him fresh fucking, hey... I'm just saying, if you got good instructions and fresh ingredients and fucking properly season everything, you can make all right food. Just saying. Now, I'm sure these guys tried really hard and the caterers also helped them yes. on any cooking techniques or anything. It's, it's kind of not hard to fuck up when you got good fresh yes. ingredients. Just saying.
1: It's kind of funny because there's a bit where Daisy's talking about the red velvet cake and all all she says is red velvet cake equals orgasm.
0: Oh, my God. Mm. I'm just saying, it's like, I'm a feeling, oh God, like, is Daisy just one of those chicks that mostly eats sweets and shit?
1: Well, you saw what she put in her pancakes, so that tells me that um, she got a bit of a sweet tooth, my boy.
0: Oh, God, dude. It's so excessive. Oh, God, those fucking pancakes. So then, like, she did say, like, the red velvet cakes were orgasmic. And here's the thing about red velvet cake. It's like, I like red velvet cake for the most part because it tends to be not as fucking, like... Here's the thing about desserts for me. There's there's two things you can approach desserts. You can go something with a really strong, a lot of fucking fla- like, a lot of, like, st- flavor in the beginning. Or so, like, we'll say, like, a freaking chocolate caramel cheesecake or something yeah Yeah. and it's like a a peanut butter chocolate caramel cheesecake or whatever bit thing with fucking oreo crumbs and stuff you think that sounds awesome it's like and it's good for like one slice (laughs) but to eat another slice slice it gets it makes me sick but one of the best cheesecakes i had was kind of like this freaking like normal cheesecake with like a freaking whipped cream kind of film on top it was kind of almost neutral but mostly it's not like freaking like strong in sugar flavor but more in like fat flavor and stuff where it's a little bit more smoother and like stuff and that i can eat on repeat and stuff and i like my desserts more like that people like milk chocolate a lot over dark chocolate but i feel like dark chocolate i can consume more than milk chocolate because milk chocolate tends to be mm. way more rich yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. dark chocolate since it's way smoother flavor i feel like makes desserts a little bit more better just saying
1: now me I, I i like my chocolate with peanut butter so yeah and i like
0: chocolate with peanut butter too but it's like i said i want my char- chocolate not as rich i went to the
1: store i had to go to the store day for the for the family and you know what i bought me i bought me some mf and reese's puffs well fucking that sounds right as fuck <laughs> yeah dude yeah lil yachty was on the box Okay. Actually, hold on. Let me show you a picture. Lil Yachty is a modern rapper.
0: Yeah, I know that Everybody. Lil Yachty is a modern rapper. Like, I haven't, I don't listen to too much modern rap to my own, like, st- <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Who wouldn't want to be on the- Look at that fucking box. Dude, Lil Yachty's Reese's <laughs> Puss, and he's just like fucking going ham on that shit, bro. Yo, is that what fucking old Daisy eats too? Is most likely nothing but <laughs> fucking cereal, bro. God. He, he lit,
1: I'm not trying to be pervert, perverted. He literally looks like he is eating that shit out like it's a vagina. Yeah. Like his tongue's all the way out, eyes are closed. He's like,
0: Ehh. like Reese's puffs are dope and shit. Oh, and I didn't, oh, and
1: I didn't get a picture of it, but on the back of the box, there's like, there's like a cutout picture but it's only like part of his shoulder or whatever and it's like collect all four boxes to complete the poster I'm like I don't want a fucking Lil Yachty poster I, I, I know you like Reese's post but I don't feel like Lil Yachty that much for Reese. I don't even like Lil Yachty oh, he's got like two good songs no for the sake of this, ju- this rant I don't like Lil Yachty oh my god but yeah so that was anyway back to Daisy so Daisy here I wrote goes full brett michaels
0: oh well here i'm trying to think if i have to say anything more on them eating oh yeah the i'm sorry yeah go ahead. here's the thing it's like they all i like, gave the foods a pass and i was listening to the chicks around graveyard it's like man the one time you wish gordon ramsay's here here's <laughs> thing, a lot of the food i could say maybe not on presentables most but forget i'm sure they tried really well but i feel like daisy was really really friendly and maybe ricky ricky was also like giving the foods a pass i don't know if i would rip into it but I'm sure I could pick a favorite on who did what the best. This is Sub. Soon like, oh, I can't choose on whose dish was better than the other one. My guy. But I'm like, have you not fucking had like lasagna and pasta sauce? Like, can you chase flavors? Yeah, no, whatever. But fuck it.
1: Oh, my God. I'm sorry. So I went to go open my notes again. Oh, but fuck. I, but I hit on Google and I was still on Machine Head's Wikipedia page and I figured out what the problem is. So, their 2014 album, a reviewer, it debuted at number 21 on the Billboard 200. That one, according to Wikipedia, it's groove and thrash metal. The guy, Dom Lawson from The Guardian says, strikes an exquisite balance between brute force, insistent melody, and bold experimentation. Listen to this. This is the finest mainstream metal album of 2014. And then, you remember, onto the locusts, according to the... Reception here. This is the end, and I am hell. Received heavy rotation on college radio stations. So you know what? I figured it out. Rob Flynn thinks he's mainstream and thinks he's popular. Or people think Machine Head is mainstream with the reviewers, because the Guardian isn't a isn't like a metal news outlet. That's a pretty like just that's just a regular news outlet.
0: So someone's filling rob flynn's head with stuff fuck bro <laughs> like here's the thing the black the blackening and like the locusts i think are critically acclaimed albums and stuff but yeah, i almost are. feel like they can also be ripoffs of something else they that probably are that are maybe the, the most original for rob flynn which that sounds <laughs> cathartic but cathartic or ironic oh no but yeah back to daisy so fucking, you were about to say Daisy pulls a Brett, which I also wrote down too. <laughs> so, yeah. so, 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 what she does is she so, takes so a ni- like Daisy and Rackman are shocked that the boys ta- did well in the challenge. They thought they would eat disaster meals. <laughs> she she takes a nice dinner and
1: she's like, I want you guys to help oh, me decide. Fuck. I want you all, without saying yourselves, I want you all to tell me who is the most and least compatible to help me decide. And I wrote here wow May- way to make it take a nice evening and make it tense brett oh, fuck michaels freaking brett de la hoya over here so like i said they can't pick themselves and like my notes on it are very short but this lasted for a while like, On TV, this the, lasted like four minutes. Like
0: It's like tense and shit, but like, freaking, we'll just kind of run through it because, like, yeah. wait, I just wrote down, like, after, like, you know, troll packs and definitely not feeling stoked. The boys are mad that they cooked an awesome meal, but <laughs> now they have to fucking, I don't know why I say bear, bear each other. Bear each other? <laughs> oh, Barry. Oh, Barry. Here's the thing when I did my notes, I did text to speech and did my notes a lot more faster, but oh, I guess wow. in return. I got stuff where it's like, what the fuck did I mean by bear? And it's like, oh, they are now. They have to,
1: they have to bear each other. They have to bear each other children or. It's just they have to bury each other. So Whatever. So Chi-Chi so Chi starts. Yeah. Chi-Chi says Sinister is the most compatible and everyone rips into him for it. It's like, it. Bro, and,
0: of course you're going to say that guy. And, and that big rig is
1: the least compatible.
0: And then fucking Chi-Chi's sketch for mentioning Big Rig because, like, he also, like, and it's like, talking is, uh, like, I feel sketch for mentioning Big Rig because Big Rig once said he does not mind going to jail. Yes. Sinister is next. He agrees that Big Rig is the least, but he's having
1: a hard time deciding who's best for Daisy because everyone's, like, expecting him, right, to say Chi-Chi, but under pressure, he's, like, uh, flex, and Chi-Chi no, is No, I think the he's destroying. just, like,
0: like, he's, like, he could say Chi-Chi, but he's, like, you know, honestly just flex and then Chi Chi's just like dude Chi Chi is really sad to point he like like when he, he said that he goes like dude what the fuck he gets up and leaves and goes like, to the bathroom rage quits I just remember just he rage quits and yeets on out yeah no that's why what- that's what he did. And then in a random soap opera edit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when he's like sitting there, he's off crying in the bathroom. For a game. We're just sitting there. It's like, what will happen to Chi-Chi and Sinister's relationship after this revelation? Does Dave know that 12-Pack is his evil twin? Will Tune the in? skunk return? Tune in next time for Daisy of Our Lives. But whatever, then Chi-Chi is still crying in a bathroom and Sinister walks up to try to like cheer him up and apologize and stuff. Mm-hmm. Big Riggs is sitting there in his talking head calling Chi-Chi a pussy, but eventually Chi-Chi's like, you know what? I understand Sinister and it's all right. I can see where he's at and he walks back out of the bathroom and sits down with the rest of them and stuff. It's
1: kind of funny too because there's an there's another thing where she's talking uh, in the scene where she's talking in the in the talking head. And she's talking about how, you know, all this stress and tension. It feels like I'm in like a drama or so. Or, and then she's like, or on a TV show. And then she just starts laughing.
0: Oh, I'm so mad at Daisy. Actually, it's a good joke. But... It's a pretty good joke because, yeah. But it's not like, ha 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 ha. It's just like sitting there, I was like, hey, that is pretty funny. Look at so, that. Uh, what good job to- for you, Daisy. You have a
1: wit. So yeah, after Sinister goes to check on them, Big Rig basically says in his talking heads under a lot of bleeps the mess. The general message I can wake out is that make out is that he thinks they're a bunch of pussies. So there's that. Big Rig says Flex is a good pick, but Chi-Chi's too emotionally weak to handle Daisy. Yep. Which to be
0: fair, Daisy seems like a lot. Yes, but. Whatever. Then 12 pack is next. And he says he feels flex is the most compatible because he feels like he's got a good head on him and stuff and everything. But then he also feels like Chi Chi is the least compatible.
1: And then Flex says Chi-Chi's the least compatible, and he feels 12-pack's the most compatible. Yeah, because, dude, it's like, they, they be boys. Yes. So Flex gets a date, but Big Rig and Chi-Chi get one, too, because, and this is actually pretty sound logic. Hey, if, these, if this guy's the most compatible, let's see what happens. Let's see if it's true. If yeah. these
0: guys are the least compatible, hey, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's figure it out so yeah no. so Flex wins the compatible challenge and also de- Chi Chi and Big Rig also get the loser compatible date yeah so whatever now Sinister is bitchy for making a lasagna and not winning anything and stuff to be
1: fair that looked like it required the most work Me, yeah
0: but at the same time he's like he's so
1: bitchy like, no just, he's
0: really bitchy about it whatever but... so he's outside they're all hanging out by the fucking like Fire and stuff. He's playing a freaking acoustic guitar, doing some new metal today country is mumble gonna just, be the day. Yeah, he's just sitting there going, Today, it's gonna be today. Yeah. <laughs> I look back to you <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, no, do your fucking like hype up the crowd chance. Go! Hmm.
1: <laughs> Stop <laughs> up. Come on! Fucking break! Okay. Blah! yeah they know uh, you gotta remember they weren't blood though they weren't
0: even bloods so they were just oh yeah like, he's doing us and stuff yeah so daisy is like they're all hanging out and then freaking like you know sinister sitting there he, he's ripping out he's like jo- he's like jamming on the guitar getting daisy tits, but then daisy wants to call it a night she's feeling tired so she has 12 pack escort her back up to the room and at that point sister crashes the to gets to- oh yeah i know I don't know why I, like, jumped ahead. So, yeah, Daisy calls a night. She has Troll Pack. Escort her back up to the room. And then Sinister's like, dude, fuck, really? Again with this fucking Troll Pack, bro? I'm fucking putting myself out here, making you lasagna and shit, ripping tunes. And, like, you're still just going to go off with this fucking guy? Do you got anything to elaborate more? Or should we just get to the point where, like... No, that's really
1: it. He's literally, he's like, look, man, I've been putting in a lot of work, and I've been getting the least out of these guys, basically. I feel like Flex has gotten the least, but whatever.
0: I don't know. He's, like, putting the least, but also he's gained the most for doing the least. Sinister's put in a lot of work, but he's getting fucked in, like, he's getting freaking... like yanked around like a lot he really is my god in fact he, what happens next is they it's go like to... he's like you know fuck this and he's like dude where the fuck's the vodka and it's like oh i yeah. think like troll packs like with daisy of course well you know i'm just gonna go up there i'm i'm about to like get, ask for him to hook me up i'm gonna yeah. get that vodka yeah and and so he gets in there
1: crashes like, hey, the mood. Ho-
0: hey hook up hey hook up your boy like, wait, what do you mean? What are you doing? He's like, hey, just hook up your boy, just give me some vodka and stuff. And like, Cholpak starts pouring it, and he's just like pouring and pouring. And Daisy's like, okay, that's not. I was like, okay, fine, that's not enough. And then freaking yeah, sinister bounces off. Which then it's like he tries to close the door, but the door's not closing, so he just starts trying to slam the fucking door and shit, and still not closing. I just wrote down what a fucking geek. And Daisy says, "Battlestar Dramatica." Battlestar Dramatica. So Sinister is off being milky at the bar, just chucking battles. uh, Battles bottles battles oh no i battles. he's at the bar He's just throwing war
1: of gettysburg then he's throwing world war ii yeah then he's, throwing he's just postings. chucking
0: balls around he's like oh i'm tired oh i'm tired and i'm tired too i'm tired too i'm real tired and they're freaking yeah 12 pack of daisy are like sitting there trying to talk about their feelings and stuff but they can hear sinisters raging at the bar and throwing stuff around so eventually Daisy comes back out and he, she wants to see how Sinister is doing. And basically freaking, Daisy's really hammered too at this point. Oh, they all are, but she is,
1: they are super tips.
0: Like literally she's asking what's up with Sinister and Sinister like it just straight up is like being honest with her. And he's like, dude, I feel like I'm putting in the most and stuff and I'm trying my best and stuff. And it's like, well, and it's like, Daisy's like, I want you guys to all be strong. He's like, I'm being real strong, real strong. Maybe I'm just insecure or something. Mm-hmm. And so then Daisy just goes on like freaking, because now she gets all her It's like, hey, I'm only one person. I feel like I'm ta- being attacked right now. What is going on? All right. You got to be real strong. I'm only one person. Okay. I'm sorry. Aaron's locked
1: up. I- oh, Sorry remember how earlier I said Hanji was starting to sound like Daisy cause she's like
0: I'm just one person and stuff yeah it yeah, it's back. like I'm one person I'm with all these guys and stuff but it's like dude Sinister puts in a lot of effort he, really, he wrote her music he made that lasagna He
1: he's made and you know what he's put up with some shit too remember in episode 2 he got the VIP and
0: she fucking ditched him yeah no, for reals and remember fucking the fo- like the freaking uh, single cover challenge yes. and freaking like he did all the fucking like creative artwork and stuff was directing around but Fox got the fucking solo date Fox got the solo date because he was a kid I'm ask. just sitting there I was like dude he is being re-. it's like dude Sinister has tried to be strong and like Daisy's like you need to be real strong He's like have you seen this guy he's dealing with a lot and thing is I fe- and like literally dudes have freaked out for less and my thing cage, is cage
1: bro Hey. And my my thing about this is that Fuck,
0: even London,
1: bro. That's what I was gonna say. With London, 12 pack and Fox, it felt like she just kind of gave them everything for whatever weird reason. But guys like Sinister and other guys who like are actually trying, unlike the other guys who are just doing whatever, you know, then she's just like, uh, they're kind of coming off too strong. Like like Big Rig. Like, yeah, okay, the picture of the sun was weird. But other than that, you know, there's just like, you know what? I'm just not I don't know someone talked to me about that once where it's like the psychology of people where it's like if someone's readily available to give you stuff you just mentally want yeah, it less but, then she's but the also, people that are hard to get or whatever you you just subconsciously want them yeah, more but at the
0: same time she's also saying it's like you got to throw all yourself out there it's and it's a, like he has been London did too remember she totally ignored him on the bus Fuck, dude, whatever. So, yeah, after Daisy's fucking rant, uh, where she says she feels attacked, she bounces out angry and stuff. And now Sinister feels like, oh damn it. I didn't mean to ruin her night. She he, like, runs after her and stuff and just wants to apologize for hurting her feelings and stuff. But Daisy's just still just kind of, like, drunk and not having it. So, she eventually just bounces off. So, now it's the next date. And Daisy's getting ready to go on her date with Flex. So, what was this date? Yeah, so, the date was, um... Well, also, I wrote down, Daisy's still bitchy about Sinister.
1: Yeah, she's still bitchy about sinister. The date was um oh yeah oh yeah I also forgot to did you mention that he ran after her to apologize? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's like la- next morning. Um, everyone wakes up and I wrote here in my notes. I just noticed for the first time all the pillows in the guy's room have Daisy's face on them. Yep. <laughs> so Flex and Daisy's I think there's date- a lot of pictures of Daisy in the room. So Flex and Daisy's date is they go out to the pool and there's this old man that teaches them archery.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, their dates is like, hey, we're gonna just shoot arrows and stuff are at the pool and yeah. heart-shaped targets. And
1: she's like, I'm hoping and she's like, I'm hoping Flex could pull a Cupid and shoot an arrow through my heart. It's kind of funny and cute. They have a real heartwarming combo. And the funny thing is, is that I wrote here their relationship out of everyone there now has had the absolute least development, but I don't know. They're, they did they did some good building here. Hey, I yeah, was digging well, it. Like, the because thing. Flex, Flex...
0: also wanted to be sentimental. He didn't want to crack jokes the whole entire time. He like opened up a little bit about his feelings and stuff, too. Yeah, because they all had a
1: good point. I mean, yeah, Flex parties like everyone else, but he clearly does genuinely have like the best head on his
0: shoulders. And yeah, he's a little young, they all said, but... No, Flex seems like a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, Flex just being a cool guy. They're shooting arrows at one point. Like, That's he misses a- an arrow, and, like, Daisy's like, you know what? I'll kiss you anyway. He's <laughs> like, all right, if you hit the target, I'll kiss you. He missed it, and, like, the arrow just went awkwardly off in the pool. Yeah. And they kind of just fall and kind of start making out, like, for a good minute. And the fucking old dude that was teaching them fucking archery and stuff, just kind of awkwardly just standing there staring maybe not staring but it's just like oh bro it's awkward and yeah they had a lunch where they have a hard heart flex wants to show that his sentiment side and he's just not cracking as much jokes and stuff so after the date daisy's hanging in her room and sinister comes up and basically sinister like wants to apologize for the last night but he also is willing to say, like, this thing here is, like, you know, between me and Chi-Chi and stuff because I know there's been this issue and everything, if I had it my way, I would have Chi-Chi go home.
1: That's what I was going to say. She He apologizes to her, but not before throwing Chi-Chi so far under the bus.
0: Which, at the same time, is like, Daisy's surprised that he would, like, say that, but it moves her because, all right, he's willing to take it seriously enough that, like, you know what, I'm like, he's here to, like, win me over this isn't some like bro bro thing and stuff i need to show like are you willing to d- detach your friendship for me enough i feel like that's not a good message to send to people but whatever Well, we i think i on. worded it the wrong way no 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 that's exactly how it went that's how it went like obviously it, but it's like their friendship is like they've been pretty interconnected with each other throughout the show and stuff so it, like daisy just wants to show like can you actually separate yourself from fucking chi chi
1: Yes. And so whatever. So next is um, Daisy. Um, so, so now it's time for Daisy's date with Chichi and Big Rig. They go to a bar, another sad looking bar. Yeah, they just go to some random an bar and, and girl
0: that's just so fucking empty and everything. I it's like, what is this, the COVID fucking era, bro? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Daisy says that she feels like Chi-Chi's too needy. And Chi-Chi's like, well, how do you mean? Like, if a guy comes up to you and forces you, that's cool. That's good for your self-esteem. I'm not needy like that. And then Big Rig's like, well, i tell that guy to go fuck himself. Oh, i
0: fuck himself. It was like, that better be drinks for two. And then Chi-Chi's like... like that, homeboy, you'll be sucking my dick by the end of the night. <laughs>
1: I forgot he said that. Yeah. So then Shichi's like, well, yeah, because you're a violent person. Bigger's like, no, I ain't. If I want to get violent, I'm good. I'm the strongest in the house, bro. And then Daisy is like, um, is like, I've never seen this before, this side of Big Rig. I need to get to the bottom of this. So she tells him that being able to handle those feelings is big with me because basically, you know, Daisy comes from a whack house.
0: Yeah, it's like she grew up whacked up with a lot of violence and stuff and freaking like she doesn't want like aggro attitudes and stuff. And Big Rig, like all sweet and like caring and stuff, he's throwing a lot of aggro attitude. A little bit also small pee-pee energy too. (laughs) Where he has to act really aggro. It's like I'm the biggest and strongest here and stuff. It's like, yeah, but I don't think that's going to win Daisy's heart over. Like, like, now you're turning in the freaking, I'm small out for... Small bro- pee energy. <laughs> yeah. He's throwing a little bit of small pee energy.
1: And it's funny because he's like, yeah, I can control my emotions. And then we see flashbacks of Big Rig explicitly not controlling his emotions.
0: Yeah, but like, liquor is a freaking magical thing. Huh. Yeah, but fucking, yeah, we get shots of freaking Big Rig just like raging, like ripping the phone out like last episode. Ain't no one talking to their old lady now, motherfucker. I'm about to get real ghetto up in this shit. I bleed red.
1: <laughs> so then she grills Daisy. Uh, she grills Chi Chi again about why he's there. And he's kind of frustrated about it, right? And so he's basically like, look, man, I'm here for you, but I want you to be happy. So at the end, it's your decision. And Daisy gets offended. It's just like, dude, Chi a very passive, per- like passive person that can be annoying to deal with, man. Yeah. Like when like it's one thing to be passive, okay, but then it's like when it's so passive, it's like
0: bro, what the like fuck? Like, he's really, really passive, but like he's also not a fucking big rig over here throwing small pee pee energy right into like <laughs> Show his like that, try to prove Chi-Chi that he's just, a real man. What if Chi Chi just straight up had the bigger wiener, dude? I'm sure he did, like, bro. What if? It's always like that, bro. What if? I'm just saying, like, dude, maybe that's why Chi Chi's so chill, dude. He's showing fucking big dick energy. Uh- <laughs> fucking big Ring's showing fucking little pee pee energy over here. Chi
1: Chi's the kind of person you see him driving a small control. It's like, hey, what are you doing driving that small car? Trying to compensate for something? Big dick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Coach Bueno, what are you doing driving? (laughs) big truck yeah I know seriously
0: but yeah so um it's and- now time as like Daisy and Rackman about to have a power. so
1: 80's loose cannon disc jockey on the edge with nothing to lose Ricky Rackman goes up
0: to Daisy's room and says the words ladies and gentlemen this is the part of the show where I Ricky Rackman give Daisy great advice and she does the, the opposite, opposite of what I say I'm just like geek <laughs> whatever him geek. or Daisy cause he has a point Yeah, but like... A little bit. But at the same time, it's like... It's Ricky Rack. Listen to the Vice, though. Like, here's the thing. Rackman talks about Big Ray. It's like, here's the thing. He's falling in love with you. He's really showing it. But are you falling in love with him? And like, she... And like, Daisy's not too sure. And then he's also like, dude, you gotta send Chi-Chi home and stuff. The Chi-Chi sinister relationship isn't gonna work out and one of them has to go home now. Might have to one of them go home. Which then, freaking like... But at the same time, it's like... He's saying Daisy still wants to feel like emotional support. That where we'll like get to it and stuff. Cause it's pre-eliminations and she's all packed up and he's like, you know, what? I feel like I'm going home and stuff. And Big Ray is toast, sitting here having small PP complex. <laughs> he's gonna say he's like, I'm the bass mofo here. I could kick everyone's ass and stuff. I don't know why freaking I ain't getting like. I don't know why she's feeling that. And I just really don't do like he's. I was about to say, like, he's like, I don't know why freaking she still gives a fuck about Chi Chi. He was like, here's the thing. He kind of might, what's he like? He's, butt kind of isn't the best time. That- oh yeah. I wrote down. I was like, dude, here's the thing. He's like acting like his small PP complex acting like the biggest <laughs> mofo here. But at the same time, it's like, this isn't the best way to act around a tiny shy girl though. Do you think yeah. that like comes off good. So now it's eliminations. Who gets the first pass? person that gets
1: the first pass is going to
0: flex. Yes. Then next is Dave's
1: last 12-pack, which Rackman goes, who is Dave? Oh, yeah. That was at the dinner. I forgot to comment on that. And he was like, well, I think Dave. He's like, what the hell? Dave? He's like, yeah, it's 12-pack. He's like. Okay, 12-pack. Okay, 12-pack. He says under
0: his breath. I'm like, you douche. All right, now we got three people. Who gets the pass? Sinister. Oh, Oh. but now it's down to the last chain. And Daisy first says Chi-Chi, like, first says restrict on Chi-Chi, where it's like she's not sure about him, but like freaking about him and his support for Sinister because it really at times feels like Chi-Chi's more here for Sinister and and less of her and stuff. But then she says with Big Rig is that, like, freaking... She doesn't, like, feel like she just doesn't like his freaking violent vibe and stuff and his, like, aggro small PP energy. I don't know. You got anything else to add before we say who gets the last change? (laughs) Why do you keep (laughs) going... Why do you keep talking about that PP energy? (laughs) What, am I supposed to say small dick energy? No, it's... No, it's that whole train
1: you're on. You're just... (laughs) It's just, you, you're just all like, oh man, I bet Big Rig's got a small dick. It's like, not, what are you- doing? I'm not saying
0: he's got a small dick, but he's protruding like he's got a small dick. <laughs> well, I'm it's, saying it's that complex energy.
1: <laughs> so basically, um, no, there's not much more to add. Basically, she calls down uh, Big Rig and she's just like, you
0: know, I was really shocked. She decides to send Big Rig home it's like, I just feel like you're just, I'm not the most compatible with you. And here's the thing. If she doesn't feel like she's like falling for him as like he's falling for her and stuff. And also he's coming off kind of aggro and shit. Yeah. Frickin. And like, she just doesn't want that. And like his tour ends here. Like, Yeah. Kind of, it felt kind of bad for him, too, because you could tell, at
1: least according to the show. Yeah, dude, that he was pretty
0: really bummed, dude. Yeah, like, he was, like, crying. Like, dude, he starts bawling up. Like, he's sitting there and it's like, I'm the freaking best. I, I felt it. It was real. And then he just starts, like, he bur- curls up in a ball and starts crying. It's like, dude, small pee-pee energy. It's fucking very oh excessive. Like, dude, dude, like his emotions are very excessive from really aggro to really sad. I it's like, I worry, I've had a homeboy. I had a homeboy that would, like, creep around my spot that had the same kind of energy and stuff. And, like, literally would act the same. And literally, like, same fucking stick. White homeboy... Freaking trying to, like, just total just white freaking, like, oh, I'm blue collar boy and all this stuff. Check out me my boots. I got, like, three fucking knives on me and everything. Oh, you're talking about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. And every time it's, like, he would meet her girl and get really excessive with that girl. Like, give her a lot of stuff. But sometimes almost, like, not giving her space. And at the times, just be kind of getting stalkery. And when she would break up with him, then he would be stalking her around and always try to be an omniscient present wherever she be and stuff that's what they that was the alleged story yes now i don't know but he did came off with a lot of that energy yeah i felt that this is a homeboy that had definitely small peepee energy Jesus and Christ. all these chicks that were angry at him would also confirm he had a small peepee. did they really dude i'm just saying all these chicks he would fucking
1: piss off and stuff that's, That's what, like the first thing that girls say though when you make them mad is uh, just like
0: you got a small dude. Like you can hear our voices. You want you like them a little bit more than I do and stuff. So <laughs> freaking. And I just like as I said like Big Rick kind of acted like to him because he would totally would just get Bear. like unnecessary mad dude. He fucking broke my fucking chilling outdoor couch one time because he was oh, so yeah. flustered. He was What's so the fl- context of that again? He was so flustered some over stupid little bullshit and fucking. He did that. And I'm like, homeboy. I don't like this fucking small PP agro energy. Get the fuck out oh of God here. The fuck? You did not tell him that. No. You did not go up to him. And you're just
1: like, hey, guy. I'm not vibing with your small PP vibes right now. Okay. No, you- it's
0: small PP aggro aggro vibes. Aggro vibes. Whatever. You did not tell him that. I didn't say those words specifically. But I told him, I was like, dude, the couch. What was that? And I'm like, dude, just leave. I don't want to deal with you. Get out of here. But I didn't say that. I didn't say small pee-pee vibe. And then fucking, like, dude, he would just do random shit. Because I remember one time I asked him, hey, you got a chainsaw and stuff? And it's like, hey, cool if I could borrow it one time for you to cut up a branch? And just, like, for the longest time, nothing would happen. But then one day he would just come up and he, like, cut off this whole, like, dead branch thing off of the chainsaw. But he had this total aggro energy. Like, he was dealing with some stupid shit or something. Just like, bruh, fuck. It's like, I don't need that... When you're holding my chainsaw. No, it's his fucking chainsaw. Or his chainsaw, yeah. Whatever. I'm trying to remember if there's any other fucking types. Well, there's the fucking classic where freaking... Hey, everyone. So, uh, I think you found out we do like listening to fucking metal. And I used to listen to a lot more thrash metal... When I was younger, or at least that was my fucking go-to. Oh, God. Yeah, like, literally, I was coming home from something, work, gym, or whatever and stuff, and this guy was just hanging out, like, he just broke up with his fucking girlfriend and stuff, and, like, freaking, supposedly, they, like, shared, like, a fucking Scorpion song and stuff, and, like, Homeboy was playing fucking Rock Band or Guitar Hero, and, like, he was playing the Scorpion song, and he's sitting there and like, oh, man, this was her, like, her and I song and stuff. Man, I'm feeling the emotions. And as supposedly to eye popped up and he literally was like sitting there. He's like, no. No. No tears in front of the thrash master. And I'm just like, when I heard that, I was like, bro, what the fuck? (laughs) I cannot cry in front of the thrash master. It's like, did I protrude that fucking vibe? It's like, no crying in front of James. (laughs) I don't think so. It's like, people, you could cry in front of me. Or at least maybe now. Like, maybe if I'm younger and I protrude such fucking like... Alpha dude. Aggro small pee-pee yeah, vibes. Agri- yeah, aggro small alpha wannabe alpha freaking small pee-pee vibes. Yeah, but, you cannot cry in front of yeah, me. Yeah, but you used to subvert expectations. You used to tell people you had a small dick. I do. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, and like freaking my relationship with my lady, I have a tiny lady and she's like fine with it. That was like... <laughs> You're just howling. (laughs) If you believe me, here's the thing. It's like, there's a lot of subcontext. As I'm saying, like, dude, small PP vibes, all this stuff. Oh, bruh. So, yeah, Big Rig's gone. Yeah,
1: he's crying. <laughs> uh, oh, the camera, like, hangs on that shot for minutes. Yeah. Not minutes, but, like, a while. And then, and then uh, Daisy pretty much just tells him, she doesn't say it yeah, like, like he, this, but she's basically like, this is going to be the last time Chi-Chi and Sinister both get a Just changing. saying,
0: like, when you guys are going to be going home next time? And then the end credits, we get Sinister and Chi-Chi just dorking around. Yeah. That's kind of it. Oh, that episode of Daisy, I love. I didn't feel like it was as eventful. Well, I feel like watching it was more eventful than the last episode. Yeah. But Trying to take notes. Then again, Uh, there
1: wasn't shitty pancakes. Oh, fuck, bro.
0: Those fucking pancakes are going to fucking forever be burning me. Not going to lie. We went a long time. Maybe because I'm just tired. I'm willing to fucking rant on a bit.
1: No, it's fine. We it's, talked it's a little fun. bit more life. It's
0: Organic. I know. Small peepee. Talking stories about small peepee vibes. Small small peepees and Rob Flynn. Yeah, hey, don't worry, people. Sometimes I th- will throw small peepee vibes. I know because I can be that guy, but not at, like this big rig level kind of guy. I dealt with a guy. Oh, you've never th-
1: you've never ripped a phone out of a wall. No. You never broken glass in rage. Or flipped up. Did he like flip up a bunch of food (sighs) off
0: the table too? I trying to think. You would
1: never desecrate food like that.
0: I would not desecrate food, no. Have I broken like stupid shit out of fucking aggro energy? Yes, I have. Yeah. I I have done that. Like, I can't lie on that. But it's usually like like, already like junk. Yeah, I know. But it's already like I would break something that's already junk though. He just fallen like ripped out a perfectly good phone. Yes. And stuff. Or someone destroying a perfectly good outdoor couch. Which was kind of cool every now and then on a summer night to sit out there, relax after eating a hefty meal and just watching a YouTube video or something. Looking at the stars and shit. Yeah, but that one day that disappeared, and I'm like, bro, I'm not dealing with the small PP energy now. Go home. <laughs> well, this is the Dr. Danger Radio show with your host, James and Edward. Happy have- Network. All right, have a good one. Adios.